in the third degree Trying to deal with people People you can't see Take away, take away, take away, take away This house of mirrors
and welcome. And for now, we are going to talk to a few artists, a few performers. We're going to have some of that delightful back and forth that Adam and I are known around the world. We're famous for it. And uh, thanks for jumping in before I introduced you, Adam. <laughs> Ooh, God. awkward. Uh, Adam Yanush is here with myself, Megan Thomas. We Hi. have CJ behind the scenes, and we will be bringing you through the next Three hours here at the Fringe Bar in front of the Agro Cafe at the Peter Lehman Wines stage. Nice. Well done, Megan. Um, yeah, we're going to be here for a while. So if people are hearing us on the radio or, um, or listening to us from this lovely speaker that's beside us and that little kids were uh, putting their heads into a moment ago, then uh, stick around because we're going to be here for a while and we're going to talk to some really great uh, artists, including people like Tom Hill from Pump Trolley. Uh, they're doing a show called Hip Bang. Um, Mark Cohen from the show Buy, Hung, Fit and Married. Um, who else? We also have... We're going to have the uh, indomitable and irreplaceable Gem Rolls. Ooh. And Jack Lalonde, who has been, I believe, in the most Fringe shows ever. I think he's been in all but two. So we'll talk to him a little bit about that later. And, of course, Cameron Moore, uh, a woman about town. You might have seen her around uh, the festival grounds with her... Um, Parasol, thank you. I was going to say umbrella, but parasol is much better. Um, and she kind of roams around the island with her parasol and uh, flaunts her show, which is called Slut Revolution. And, and uh, we have a couple of great arts coming up immediately. We are going to be speaking to uh, James from the marvelous Melcher Machine. That is James Melcher. And we will be talking to Barbara Selfridge from Zero Tolerance. And we'll be talking to them a little bit about their shows. And I know that James is going to be doing a little performance for us. Oh, is that so? Yes. An excellent Marilyn Monroe impression by an unlikely impressionist. Okay. Okay, well, stay <laughs> tuned. what that will be. <laughs> stay tuned to CITR 101.9 or CITR.ca. And we are going to have a little bit of music. And then we'll be back with James Melcher. All right. CJ, why don't you play us out for a few minutes?
fun and has some poignant moments funerals and things happen in my childhood that were quite heavy but I do it in a very entertaining and I'm very kinetic and I do uh, physical theater storytelling I would say so the ups and downs of of one man's Mm -hmm. life experience yes now I saw you at the fringe for all Mm -hmm. and uh, I really enjoyed your two minutes so if you don't know at home the fringe for all is at the beginning of the festival and it's two minutes from as many performers as they can get into two hours and it is super hectic and it gives you a little taste and you did a very funny impression and I would love to see it again as would I'm sure the people at the Fringe Bar do you mind uh, indulging us a little bit with that? I don't at all oh fantastic I'm excited (laughs) please go ahead whenever you're ready (laughs) hi (laughs) hi I'm eight years old, and I'm wearing my mom's dress. And she put big pillows in the front for tits and big pillows in the back for a nice ass. (laughs) And I have a Marilyn Monroe impersonation. I have a blonde wig, too, and lipstick. Here it is. It's really short. Really, really short. Boop, boop, dee-doop. Boop, boop, dee-doop. And even better than that, my dad took the photos as well. (laughs) Oh, it's definitely something you want to see live. What are some of the characters that you like to play when you were younger? Was it just Marilyn Monroe or? Marilyn Monroe, but in my show, I actually do my grandmother, Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit of my mom, but it's mostly me at different ages, 11, 8, 13. And what are some of the seminal moments that we'll learn about from your, from your marvelous Meltzer One machine? seminal moment was my dad's death when I was 12, and then all of these funerals that I went to. I went to so many um, that it became like a routine for me. That's one big thing in the show. But be in an entertaining yes. funeral procession. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is entertaining. Yes, yes. Excellent. And um, tell us a little bit about your site and how that kind of influenced your performance. Well, it's funny. When I was down on the site, I looked up and I thought, oh, my gosh, I could see the street that I... And all of a sudden, I could see my neighbor's yard. There was a tree that looked exactly like my great-grandmother's cherry tree, and it was all there. Like, I could envision being all the way back in Cleveland on that site. Stories. Uh, it was amazing. Well, it sounds amazing. Uh, James Melcher will be performing the marvelous Melcher Machine tonight at... Thirty, as well as tomorrow, September 16th. I them for sure. Uh, a quick break, and when we get back, we'll be talking to Barbara Selfridge of Zero Tolerance, uh, an interview hosted by Adam Yanush.
listening to CITR 101.9 FM and streaming online at CITR.ca. We are broadcasting live from the Vancouver International Fringe Festival just outside the Agro Cafe. And we'll be here until 7 p.m. talking to some wonderful Fringe artists. And uh, I should add that uh, some of the artists and some of the topics discussed on the radio may feature adult content and perhaps some swearing and some such things. So uh, you are warned. Consider yourself warned. Um, so with me here, I have Barbara Selfridge from the show Zero Tolerance. Hello, Barbara. Hello. How are you doing? Well, pretty good. I'm performing tonight. Ooh. Scared, yeah. scared, scared, scared. <laughs> well, how many performances have you done so far? I have done... Uh, Five, and I have three more because I'm at the uh, Origins Organic Cafe, so we get eight performances. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. And, and what do you think of that venue? How is it there? Oh, I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. I, um, what was the one I went to? Oh, uh, Cafe Havana, where you sort mm. of have to look left and way right <laughs> and way left, a panos- pa- panoramic. But, uh, <laughs> panoramic audience. <laughs> but the organics... Um, Origins Organic Cafe. You look straight ahead. That's very nice. Awesome. Now, tell me about a little bit about your show, because I understand it's a solo piece about a woman who is contemplating institutionalizing her aging, eccentric mathematician father. Do I have that... Yes, that, that is true. That is true. It's, it's about uh, you're estranged from the parent that you didn't want to be taking care of, mm-hmm. your other parent you don't get to take care of, and uh, you have a sister who is mentally retarded and developmentally disabled, and she was institutionalized by this same father that uh, you're now having... <clears throat> Issues about institutionalizing yourself. <laughs> right. And tell me about the origins of that. Where, where did this come from? Oh, my life. Yeah, real, real life. <laughs> Always a good uh, a place yeah, to, yeah, to find yeah, inspiration, yeah. hey? Now, but, but tell me, I mean, uh, that requires a bit of courage, does it not? To um, dig into your own personal life and put something uh, from your life in front of an audience for a friend show? Yes, and but, but also you have a, um, a situation like mine where I have a sister who's uh, developmentally disabled. Mm-hmm. I really want her to show up in the world in a way that, that uh, she, most, her population often doesn't. Right. You want to represent her. I want to represent her. And she's very funny and she's very caring. She's much more caring than I am, of course. Hmm. And Interesting. So I, and do you find it at all like cathartic? Like, you know, doing a show like this night after night and... and you know, uh, dealing with, with issues from, from your past, do you find like it's uh, therapeutic in a way? Or is it tough to keep going at night oh, after Oh, that night? all or depends on the audience. When they give yeah. me that evil eye and say, ew, <laughs> you're making my skin crawl. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's not cathartic. <laughs> <laughs> but, but very often the, the audiences here in, in Vancouver have been mm-hmm. very you know, nurturing and, and uh, laughed at my jokes, and I love them. Right. Yeah. And this is the, your first Fringe show. It's my first Fringe show, and it's my first run, but I actually did um, Washington, D.C. and Victoria mm-hmm. before Vancouver. Okay, with this production. Mm-hmm. With this production. And do you think you'd do it again? Like, wh- wh- what are your thoughts, like, reflecting? I mean, I, I suppose you'll reflect more once it's all done. Once um, it's all over. And I, I was a writer, and I'm sort of mm-hmm. transforming into a writer-performer. Yeah. And um, What do you think of that transition? Well, I, I always say that it's nice if someone's going to laugh at your work if you can actually hear it. Right. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Like, being right. a writer is a very lonely it's thing. It's a very lonely You're thing, and, you, and you don't know if people are getting your joke. You don't know yeah. if they're getting your irony. You don't know any of that. But, but in, if they're sitting in front of you, you see that little smirk, and you say, she got it. She got it. That worked. <laughs> yeah. So you like it. Is, is yeah. that, do you think more writers should do that sort of thing? I believe so. I believe so, <laughs> Get yeah. out of your, your locked bedroom and, and, mm-hmm. and get uh-huh. in front of an audience? And, and give up that idea that you're going to go straight to the talk shows. 
right? <laughs> <laughs> Straight to like the fame circuit right, right, with, your, right. with your book. With your book. That's awesome. And now tell me a little bit more about um, the show itself. Um, I find it interesting that it deals with uh, like mathematics and how does that play into um, you know the the actual story? Oh, there's a um, there's a math conference okay. which figures um, wildly in it, where the um, organizer says, "Ah, oh, but it's very very uh, impressive, and prestigious to be invited to give one of the hour long lectures, and Selfridge will want to honor this commitment if at all possible." And he says this when my father is lying flat on his back in a hospital, right? <laughs> oh my God. Let's get up and give the talk to the mathematicians. That's a talk about a primality test. Really? Hmm, how interesting. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. So how many more uh, performances do you have before the Fringe? I actually have three more. I'm giving um, one tonight at 7.30, this Saturday night at 7.30, and then Sunday I have two, one at 2.40 and one at 8.25. Great. And I just have one, one question. And in mm -hmm. doing a little bit of research on you, um, I noticed that you have an accent on, uh, on, the, on the first syllable of Barbara. Yes. Well, if you wanted to say it the way I love it, you'd say Barbara. 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 <laughs> oh, okay. It sounds nice, doesn't it? It does. It does <laughs> yeah, sound nice. Yeah. And what's, what's, uh, is there a story behind that? Oh, just a story. Uh, I ended up teaching school in Puerto Rico. But yeah. before that, I, as a seventh grader, when you really love affectations, mm -hmm. I had gone to Puerto Rico and I adopted that affectation. When, nice. when I was in seventh grade. Awesome. And I also wanted to plug another show that Please. I saw here. Yes. Um, which was um, tr Theater Terrific. Okay. Which is um, um, a group of uh, abled and, and disabled um, actors in, um, out at the Japanese United Church. Oh, wow. And they had a fringe offering, which was called Pantaloons Pawn Shop. And they're, they're doing their last show tonight okay. at 8 but then they're going to do it um, later this month. On the 21st, there's a show. And on the 28th or tw Saturday, the 29th, there's mm -hmm. going to be a workshop. And they're just a terrific resource for uh, Vancouver. And mm. I mean, to be able to see people who don't speak or use a wheelchair get up and give their all mm. and reach out to the audience the way that cast did. Oh, it's just terrific. That sounds amazing. And yeah, that's theater yeah. terrific? Theater terrific, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, Barbara, thanks so much for, for coming down, and, and best of luck with the rest of uh, your performances. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. All right. So you are listening to us live on CITR 11.9 FM, and we are online at CITR.ca. Uh, we're going to take a slight musical break before we uh, talk to more artists here at the, the Fringe. We'll be broadcasting here until uh, 7 p.m. Uh, we're at the Agro Cafe, so if you're on or nearby uh, Granville Island, come on down and, uh, and check us out. So uh, stay with us. If you're shy, it 
streaks in the sky shake the window no i was like you and the sun came down and the dust blew around over me come beside me with the pen in your hand and your hand in my hand go to me 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 Go to me, go to me Let me give, let me talk Let me live in your pillow Kill your fear, whisper words in your ear Like your kites in a box At your boats in the docks And you're sleeping Oh, you got nothing You got nothing on me That's the best place that you'll ever be Come beside me With the pen in your hand And your hand in my hand Go to me listening to CITR 101.9 FM. We're also streaming live at CITR.ca and we are at the Agro Cafe on Granville Island for the Vancouver International Fringe Festival. Um, we're celebrating kind of, well, the, yeah, the twilight time of the Fringe. We're at the last uh, uh, couple of days. And uh, my name is Adam Janusz and with me I have Tom Hill from Pump Trolley. Hello, Tom. Hey, Adam. What's up? A lot of great things. Yeah. How about you? Out. Oh. Lots of lots of shows. Yeah. Lots of action. How are you staying alive uh, while doing all your, your shows? Uh, today I slept till three. <laughs> I started that way. approach. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, lots of uh, lot taking in other shows is really exciting. Keeps the, yeah. keeps the engine burning. I took a puppeteering workshop nice. this week. There's workshops? At the yeah, finish? there's some workshops this year. There's no always, but there is, there is this year. Do you think you'll incorporate uh, what you've learned into your work? Already have. Yeah? Already have. Well, it's an imp- one of the shows I'm doing is an improv show, so mm-hmm. uh, you can incorporate whatever you whatever want. Whatever the and, hell uh, you want. Having something like puppeteering on the mind was certainly 
has been influential. We've done two nice. shows since then, so. Perfect. Okay, now tell me about some of the shows that you're...
Now, this part of the song involves a child singing, and typically, if a bear were to see a child singing, it would maul. It would maul that child. Now, if you could imagine, that's what I would be doing if there was a child here. Unfortunately, we've recorded this child, so now that's where I would have killed the child, you see. It's good to be a bear. Travel. Accept certain inalienable truths. Honey is delicious. It comes from bees. Bees are your enemy. If it weren't for their sheer numbers and devastating butt stings, we'd be the true kings of the forest. But we remain confident in who we are. Rampaging death machines that dump poo where we like and eat rats like the rodent popcorn that they are. But trust me, on the hibernation. Oh, wow. That was a bear, hey? And he just walks off like that. Unbelievable. Just came and left. Yeah. It's uh, incredible. Crazy. We got very lucky there. And we're very lucky to have you, Tom Hill. Oh, no. I mean, I'm lucky to be alive. <laughs> I think we all are. Frankly. <laughs> Luckily, there were, there were no children nearby. Yeah, that's true. That, that bear was on a mission. To, to eat one. To eat one, for sure. <laughs> All right, Tom Hill, thank you so much. Tom Hill from Pump Trolley Presents and Hip Bang, which still has some performances before the end of the fridge, so check them out. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Woo-hoo. See you later. <laughs> All right. All right, so uh, we're going to uh, go to a little musical break, uh, but we still have more live broadcast here for you. And when we return, we're going to talk to Debbie Reese from the Fringe Festival. She is the lady with the information. We're going to talk about Pick of the Fringe. We're going to talk about the Fringe Awards and a little something they like to call swear word alert, cabaret bullshit. Whoa. All right, we'll be right back with more.
listening to CITR 101.9 FM. This is Acre Bridge by Aunts and Uncles. Enjoy. Alright, we are broadcasting live here at the Vancouver International Fringe Festival and we're on CITR 101.9 FM and online at CITR.ca. My name is Adam and Megan is with me. Hello, Megan. Hello, I'm Megan. Hi, Megan. Uh, If you're just tuning in, we are indeed live. We are actually at the Peter Lehman's Wines stage at Railsborough Alley. The Fringe Bar, the Agro Cafe, we actually are having some performances, some interviews, some music. So please do come down, have a seat, maybe have a coffee, and just enjoy yourself. Let loose a little just bit. Just have a good time with us. Um, yeah, we were. you just talked to... Adam just talked to Tom Hill. And uh, we also... Uh, talked a little bit about the Oleo Festival. I just want to remind listeners that the Arts Report will be at the Oleo Festival and to tune in Wednesdays at 5 p.m. for the Arts Report with your host, yours Megan truly. Thomas. Yes. And every week from 5 to 6 p.m., I talk a little bit about cool and new and important and sometimes not important but still fun things that are happening around town in the art scene in Vancouver, local artists, local shows, and reviews and interviews and previews. So please tune in for the that. Cool. Uh, I'm a big comedy fan, so I'm very excited about all the comedy at Oleo Festival. Uh, what kind of... Uh, now, the Fringe has been going for, for instance, the 6th now. We're mm-hmm. kind of winding down. The it's Twilight Time. It's, it's, yes, you, you said that earlier. Twilight Time of the Fringe. I just enjoy saying Twilight. I know, it's nice. You actually are a big fan of, of that movie. Tw- which one? Yeah, you really Twilight? like Twilight. Yeah, that's what I'm you were telling me earlier. I'm a huge Robert Pattinson fan, I have to admit. Yeah. No, I'm not. But uh, I am a Super huge dreamy. fan of The Fringe. That's true. That was a good segue. That's Thank actually, you. Yeah. And um, I've managed to see some, some pretty great shows uh, while we've been here, um, while The Fringe has been here, including one called Felony. I don't know if uh, people have checked that one out, but it's a site-specific show that takes place under the yellow, big yellow crane, and it's about pickpocketing. And I, I really love this show because the whole time, like right off the bat, as soon as the show begins you're not really certain what's going on. And people sort of come off the streets and um, they seem like they're about to ruin the show or the performer, you question whether it's a real performance or a con. And then by the end of it, you end up running through Granville Island and you end up being involved in criminal acts or what you think is criminal acts. That sounds sexy. Yes, you get taught how to pickpocket and then you end up defacing things. And by the end of it, I, I just had a riot. I felt like I was a criminal. And I had the rush of doing something illegal, um, but of course never actually doing anything wrong. So it's, it's, a, it's a good romp. It's the best of both worlds. It is. Really. Um, I know that I've seen a lot, it seems, of one man and multi-man, and by that I mean two, <laughs> uh, man shows Wait here. a minute, wait a minute. You've seen shows that feature both one person and multiple people? No. Oh. Those are two separate things. I've seen a lot of solo shows, okay. and I've seen a lot of two-person shows. Okay. And uh, I find it really interesting uh, that the Fringe is such a, a happy place for the one-man show. Because you know, have you have, you're you're in the theater circle. How good do you feel when your friend is like, "Come see my one-man show"? Isn't that the best? Don't you feel so excited? It can be. Depends on who the friend it is. It can be. But at the Fringe, yeah, yeah the, you get the resources and the support, and uh, I think. 
the the one man shows really get the credit that they deserve. Uh, one of the shows that I really enjoyed was Gametes and Gonads. Okay. And uh, if you like Star Wars, Star Trek, and balls, I love all three of those yes, things. Then it is an excellent, excellent performance. Uh, he plays at least a dozen characters, and really, if you count all of the sperm. <laughs> He plays 4,673,742, or another number. That's got to be a record of some kind. Yeah, it has to be. He should definitely apply. But uh, uh, very funny, uh, if you ever wanted the freedom to laugh at jokes about the reproductive system and you feel like, oh, that's, you know, that's silly to laugh at that. Or or crude. Yes. Yeah, just let loose. So uh, that was was one that I I really enjoyed so much because it felt childish. You got you got to just be a kid again and laugh a when someone said. Glee. You got to indulge yourself. You know, Colonel Randy Popoff, for okay. example, uh, was another of them. You know. The- Fringe is actually really, really sexy this it's year. It's a sex, yeah. Uh, there was an article on that. Uh, was it in the Sun? Yeah, about just how much sexiness uh, the Fringe has this year. And I'm sure uh, Debbie, when we get her on, will agree. Yeah. That that's what the Fringe is all about. Well, Debbie brings a lot of the sexy, actually. She does. Bring She's a bringing lot of it back. She's bringing that's still a cool reference, right? You can still bring sexy say that. Back? That's something. No, I'm getting we'll the thumbs up. I'm getting the <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. Well, you know what? Let's let's just go there. All let's right. Let's just get. Let's take it there. Debbie over here. Debbie Reese, come on, come on down. Ooh. Welcome. Have a microphone. Thanks. <laughs> Debbie, you are the communications maven, the media mother of the Fringe Festival. Tell us why it's so sexy here. Why is it so sexy? Uh, because we're uncensored. That's probably the first thing. And I think a lot of people who perform in the fringe are telling really personal stories. And sometimes, you know, self-discovery involves a lot of sex. <laughs> yeah, we do a series with the fringe called This Fringy Life. And my episode uh, was episode four. And it was all about sex on the fringe. Mm-hmm. And you can check that out at citr.ca and vancouverfringe.com. And there was a lot to choose from, and a, and a bunch of uh, the people we'll be talking to later today will be involved in that, so stay tuned. Um, people like Cameron Moore and, and Mark Cohen. But uh, there's still one whole day and tonight left at the mm-hmm. Fringe, and, uh, but after the Fringe, there's a, there's a whole other thing that happens. is a pick of the Fringe, where the best of the best that Fringe goers get to vote on. Tell us a little bit about that series. Yeah, exactly. So um, during the festival, people are invited to vote or rate the shows that they see. So as long as they're main stage or not site-specific shows, so site-specific shows are not eligible, um, you can rate the shows you see, and that shortlists a list of shows that might be the pick of the fringe. Um, and those are held September 19th to 23rd. Um, so yeah, we, we're narrowing that down now and looking at the votes and stuff and figuring out who it'll be. Um, but there's going to be 10 shows in the Pick of the Fringe this year, so it's huge. And we're moving it to performance works, so you can have a drink while you're watching the show. And Excellent. Yeah. That's, one of, uh, that's another one of the things I like doing at the Fringe is drinking. <laughs> and all the time. <laughs> And you were mentioning another uh, special event that's happening, Cabaret Bullshit. 
I don't know anything about this, so I can't even be like do like a clever like oh I don't know what's happening with this one. I literally don't know anything about it. Can you tell us what's happening? Um, yeah, so a bunch of artists have been having secret meetings that I'm not allowed to attend. Oh my goodness! Um, and they uh, basically plan what they're going to do. Uh, a lot of the artists have been on tour together doing the fringe circuit so they all know each other and um have are putting this thing together um it's a lot of different little skits and um jokes and strange performances that may not have anything to do with their shows um and it's all lit by flashlights so there's no tech person in the theater it's at performance works and the flashlights are provided no. Bring your own bring your flashlights. flashlights. Yeah, bring your flashlights. Uh, we do. We will have flashlights available by donation, and the night is by donation. It's a suggested donation of ten dollars. Uh, so no passes, and you don't need a membership. It's one of the very, very few shows that you don't need a membership to attend at the Fringe. Do you know who is performing at the cabaret? Do you have any names? I don't know. All I know is that Jim Rolls is the one who rounds everybody up, so he's the leader. Um, uh, Jim, we're, I th- uh, he'll be here He's going to be here, uh, fingers crossed, closing out the show, so we will get some deets later, Perfect. get some <laughs> secrets. <laughs> Perfect. Um, tell us, how, how's the Fringe doing this year? I, I hear rumors that it's extremely successful this year. Like, it's been, um, like, attendance-wise, it's been really good. Yeah, we've been breaking records every day so it's pretty amazing um yeah i think we're averaging about 10 to 15 percent over last year's numbers and um and yeah breaking records and what do you attribute that to if you had to hazard a guess (laughs) well part of it is the fact that we have 97 shows this year rather than 86 last year you're adding venues all the time (laughs) east van west van downtown (laughs) well we're not in west van (laughs) oh no we're we're not not in in west van Van. (laughs) sorry west end (laughs) Uh, we have, uh, yeah, the CBC downtown and the Waldorf uh, up, up on Hastings, um, the Kulch and Havana out near Commercial Drive. Um, so, yeah, and then lots down here as well. And then there's a couple of shows that uh, unfamiliar places where it's a different apartment every night. So that's interesting. They are sold out. Sorry, yeah, guys. That's, <laughs> is that the Suburban Motel No, series? that's Because that's at the Waldorf, right? The Wal- yeah, the Suburban Motel is at the Waldorf, and that it takes place in a hotel room. They are also sold out. Um, but I just heard a rumor that they'll be doing uh, their own holdovers after the festival, so... Oh, I love holdovers. Do you get to see any shows while you're here? You're so busy all the time. <laughs> um, I, I have a goal to see one show per night. <laughs> That's and nice. I have mostly made that goal. But uh, other people in the office have been able to see lots of shows. Like some staffers get to judge the awards. So they get to see lots of shows during the festival. And what's the best thing you've seen? Like well, your favorite? <laughs> Am I supposed to pick a favorite? I don't know. That feels bad. Um, I know they're all your babies, I'm sure. Yeah, tell <laughs> us tell babies. us a few things about uh, some of the shows you've liked. Um, God is a Scottish drag queen is hilarious. I have not been able to get into uh, it. Yeah, I think well, yesterday really well. was his last performance. Uh, maybe out of luck for that. <laughs> um, last night I saw The Best Man, and that was pretty funny. It's, um, you know, pre-wedding jitters, but told from the male perspective. So um, it's two guys in a hotel room trying to figure out, uh, you know, convincing the guy to actually go through with the marriage. <laughs> Do guys need... I thought, you know, guys really love commitment. Like, stereotypically, <laughs> right? Guys really love commitment. They love getting married. That kind of thing. So that's really surprising. That's a surprising twist on the, the marriage story there. 
<laughs> yeah, good twist. Indeed. Uh, no, no sarcasm there at all. Eh? No, I'm never sarcastic. Listeners, listeners know me very well. They know mm. that I'm very serious all the time. Um, Debbie, is there any other secrets that people at home might not know about the Fringe Festival? Maybe a little tidbit you'd like to share with us from this year? Secrets? Um... Well, we try not to have too many secrets. <laughs> we want people to come. Um, we do have the Fringe Bar uh, open every night, and that's there's no cover, and we've been having live bands and stuff every night, so that's great. And we tonight is Synth Cake mm-hmm. and Joyce Island. Uh, and tomorrow, uh, Tristan Orchard is DJing to have our closing night party. The famous, the infamous. Yeah, he, he, we had rain a couple of years ago while he was DJing and people just danced in the rain. Someone did the worm in a puddle. <laughs> it was kind of amazing. <laughs> uh, Any time someone gets up into the mud, I think that's a good festival, right? <laughs> well, on that note, we will let you get back to your very important duties. And thank you for coming by and telling us about Pick of the Fringe and Cabaret Bullshit. You're welcome. All right, so we are broadcasting live uh, on CITR 101.9 FM and CITR.ca. And we are just outside the Agro Cafe. That's, that's Megan Thomas and I, uh, Adam Yanish. And uh, they built a lovely little stage uh, this year. And there's, in fact, a disco ball above our heads. Yeah, that's how you know it's a party, is when there's a disco ball. And it is the Peter Lehman Wine Stage. And there are free performances all throughout the Fringe. And one of the performances Debbie just mentioned was... Synth cake, and that is tonight, and they are a CITR favorite. So why don't we sample a little synth? Little synth cake is delicious. And we'll be back to you with uh, James Gangle and Mark Cohen. Okay, stay tuned, CITR 101.9.
And that was Synthcake from Musicophilia. And they are playing tonight at the Peter Lehman Wine Stage. It's part of one of the many super fun CITR-friendly... So if you're listening at home, these are have the CITR stamp of approval. The many free bands that are playing at... Uh, at the stage across from the Fringe Bar at the Agro Cafe. We have a secret special guest for you, someone that dropped by, and we were very happy, and it is Ingrid Nielsen and her bike. Hi. (laughs) It's Peter. Ingrid Nielsen, you're having a wake in a car parkade. It's true. Everything that you said is true. Um, the show is called Welcome to My Wake, uh, but it in fact is not quite awake so much as a life celebration slash bucket list live. What's on your bucket list? Oh, all sorts of interesting things. You just have to come to find out. Can you uh, give us a little taste? Well, there's um, a, a little sprinkle of sparkles in there. Uh, I look like a living disco ball by the end, actually. Well, we have already noted that a disco ball makes the party. Right? And and anyone who comes is part of the party, as in they get a party pack slash treat bag. Now, you are part of the on-site series? That's correct, for the second year running. And how did the parking garage influence your show, or did you bring the show to the parking garage? You know what? I brought it to the parking garage. It was already there, and so were the pigeons. Lots of pigeons and all of their excrement uh, were at the adornments of the space. I had some cleaning up to do, um, and they, you know, they have their nest. They came first, so respect to the pigeons. Now, uh, I feel like, and I'm just going to go out on a limb here, is, is the pigeon poop on your bucket list at all? <laughs> I feel like that might, it would be an unusual inclusion. You know what? Um, my bucket list item was realized um, not so much in the poo, but one night when I rode my bike through the space, because I have this great moment where the bike comes in and Janet Jackson is singing, not live, I wish. Um, yeah. I still recommend the show, but I'm <laughs> a, a little disappointed. A pigeon flew right across my flight path, as in uh, somebody thought that it was trained to do that. It was scenic. Life's little moments. Now, uh, so what role does uh, your beautiful ribbon-adorned... Thank you. 10-speed? Is that a (laughs) 10-speed? Yes. What role does does your bike play? Well, Pita here um, has a special part, and so does my bicycle helmet. Uh, And in fact, part of my bucket list is to promote bicycle safety. So I have a special demo moment, which um, I explain or help to um, how to properly put on your helmet and do all that jazz. <laughs> um, what, what inspired you to, uh, to write and perform Welcome to My Wake? Did you, did you feel like you weren't far enough on your bucket list? or? <laughs> well, um, you know, I just figure why not accelerate the process? Like, let's just get her done, folks. Um, <laughs> And also, uh, I considered these things from a more of a a tragic perspective when someone very near and dear to me passed away, which is also part of the show, which you'll have to come to hear the full story. But I just think these things also can um, contextualize, uh, you know, a new perspective and from loss, great lessons. And you had uh, a show last year at the Fringe, correct? Um, What is it like returning to the Fringe this year? You know, especially this area here, the 
the wine stage. Yeah, the, the fringe bar, yeah. The good times and the live music and the friends that are here. It's just such a supportive community. It is uncensored, and so with that comes self-expression and sex and, you know, all of those fun things in between. Uh, and I, I just really enjoy, you know, the local art scene and, and familiar faces. It starts to feel kind of like family. Now, if people wanted to check you out uh, after The Fringe, where can they find you in the interweb space and, and maybe some other performances coming up? Righto. Well, they could always come uh, do some yoga with me. Uh, I teach yoga at the Y Yoga Studios uh, in Kitsilano and downtown in Yaletown. Um, and uh, I will be doing a web series, or I have done, and it will be airing shortly with Sarah McLaughlin uh, to keep an eye out for called Yoga Town. Sarah McLaughlin, how did that happen? <laughs> Good question. It was a lucky, lucky coincidence slash something stars aligned. Good times. Well, there's a lot of stars aligning uh, so far. Uh, if you would like to check out uh, the bucket list of Ingrid Nielsen and Welcome to My Wake at uh, the Emily Carr Parkade, you can check her out tonight at 8.30 and 10. That's September 15th at 8.30 and 10. And then again tomorrow at 8.30 p.m. Uh, is there anything uh, unexpected that's happened in any of these shows so far that you've, that have, besides, besides the miraculous pigeon? Pigeon? <laughs> Right? Well, there is that moment when people that are random walk into the space, which happens at least once a show. So we greet them with a big two thumbs up, welcome. Uh, and that's always a lot of fun. A guy last night said, I don't have time to dance, and was smoking a cigarette and seemed like he was over it. So, Oh, that's, that's sad when you don't have time to dance. You right. know what? Let's dance right now. Hey, tingling. That was wonderful. <laughs> I really you, felt Megan. like we had a moment. And, that, and you know, for the people at home, if you want to see us dance, you have to come down to the Fringe Bar in Real Spur Alley and see us dance until 7.45. We're broadcasting live. Thank you so much, Ingrid. Thank you, Megan. What a pleasure. Thank you so much to Ingrid Nielsen. Again, her uh, show, Welcome to My Wake, directed by Chris Robson, uh, will be showing uh, tonight at 8.30, uh, sorry, tonight at 8.30 and 10, and then tomorrow again at 8.30. Still a cup, one evening and one whole day of theater left before the Fringe Awards, which CITR uh, will be attending. And we're going to yes. get some feedback from people as they win their awards. Yeah, we're, it, the Fringe Awards are always really exciting because uh, it's kind of a thankless job sometimes to put on a show and perform it for people. And, and yeah, you do get some ticket sales, but um, you know, there's no Academy Awards um, for local uh, theater. But the Fringe Awards is a place where people's hard work does get uh, recognized. And um, so it's always really great to see the performers that really worked hard, were audience favorites, or were critical successes um, to, to get uh, a round of applause and, uh, and, and often other benefits like a run at, um, you know, at, at another venue next year or something like that. So, so it's great. We'll be there and we'll catch interviews and then we'll be able to um, share those exciting moments of winning an award. We'll get to share that uh, on the Arts Report, uh, which uh, Megan Thomas hosts every Wednesday on CITR 101.9 FM uh, at 5 p.m. Isn't that right? Yeah, as Inger said, everything you just said was true. And uh, we will be airing some excerpts and interviews from the Fringe Awards on September 19th uh, during and after the show. Um, if anyone ever at home is listening and they think, hey, how can I become part of the Arts Report? Just uh, just get in touch with me at arts at citr.ca because one of the best parts about working at CITR and, and being the Arts Director is that 
you get to facilitate people's interaction with local arts. And it warms my heart every time I get to do it. Just like Adam did. It's me. For a little while, yeah. Yeah. I did it too. So, I mean, that's kind of what we're doing tonight, is talking to, to artists and celebrating uh, the theater scene. So, uh, we're going to keep doing it until about 7.45. Uh, but first, we're going to take a little bit of a break, um, a little musical interlude, and then we're going to come back and speak to more artists here at the Vancouver International Fringe Festival on CITR 101.9 FM. Stay tuned.
We are back uh, on CITR 101.9 FM, and we're online at citr.ca. We're broadcasting live from the Vancouver International Fringe Festival, which is going on until tomorrow, uh, Sunday, and then there will be Pick of the Fringe, which is the best of the fringe. Uh, that'll happen next weekend, I believe, and there's a few uh, other exciting events, like the Cabaret of Bullshit uh, that's happening tonight. Yes, I did swear on the radio. I apologize. Uh, but don't worry, there will be more uh, lewd content coming up, including a cock, <laughs> cock poem. Um, yes, I'm excited to hear about that. And with me, wooing, is Mark Cohen. Hello, Mark. Hello there. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Um, your show is called By Hung Fit and Married. Yes, it is. And uh, how, first of all, how are you doing, you know, at a festival, you, you got to do a lot of work, uh, not a lot of sleep, a lot of stress. How are you feeling at this uh, twilight time of the Fringe? Uh, that's a good question. It's, uh, it's quite a marathon, uh, yeah. you know, between sitting up for the show, trying to see other shows, yeah. uh, trying to talk to people, get the word out. It's, it's pretty intense. I do have to take a couple of hours during the day. I don't sleep at night also. I get home, I'm totally jazzed, you know. I'm like up <laughs> till four in the morning, just literally staring out the kitchen window, just looking and going, wow, wow. that was so cool. Right, because it's, that was so it's cool. a big high, right? Yeah, it's totally, it's, it's total high. When I come out of a show, I'm just like, I'm nuts. I'm just, <laughs> you know, just can't keep me down. I'm just talking, I'm all over the place, and they get home. It's not like I'm going to just go into bed, even though it is late. Yeah. And how do you reflect on your, your journey from uh, the lottery you know, when your name gets picked out and it's like, yes, congratulations, you will be doing a Fringe show of some kind to, to now when you're almost done the run. Well, you know, I famously, and I quote myself here in my own program, screamed out when I did win the lottery, oh no, my life is ruined. <laughs> Do you still feel that way? No, actually, it's been, it's, it's been the most fantastic experience. It's, it's really been great. Um, you know, I didn't have anything prepared for the lottery. Mm -hmm. I had written a book, and so I used a lot of the, uh, or some of the material. It's the story from the book, so I did have yeah. something. But I really didn't know what I was going to do until yeah. you know, it went on. So the journey has been fantastic. It opened two weeks ago yesterday. It was the first time anyone saw it. The response has been phenomenal. People, you know, I'm not just saying this, but they really they love it. They love the yeah. show. And um, it's, it's really been going well. We've been getting good crowds, especially you know, considering we're off-island. We're just up the street right. about 10 minutes. But been getting steady crowds, good crowds. And people just, you know, after the show, they come up to me. Last night, a guy came up to me and said... He thanked me. You he know. thanked you. He thanked me for, for my show. I said, well, thanks for coming. He goes, no, thank you for putting that why, out. That was amazing. Why, though? Why was he so thankful? He was touched. He was very, very touched by it. He said, um, you know, he has a partner, and they've been together for a while. He said, you, have been, you were more honest on the stage last night with a group of strangers than I have been in my relationship with, wow. with my own partner. And, the, you know, his partner was sitting right there. <laughs> so, awkward, yeah. And they're both just, you know, nodding their head. It was just, it was amazing, you know. Yeah. We had no idea what the response to the show would be. Um, I was, <clears throat> you know, spent the week, well, a couple of weeks with the director, you know, saying, what do you, Ross, what do you think people are going to say to this thing? Yeah. They're going to run screaming from the... From the theater. So well, I have let's no talk idea. a little bit about it. Like this, this is a show about being bisexual, married, and what everything that that entails. Yeah. Well, you know the. 
It's sort of um, a couple going through a transition. I think you know one of the responses, some of the feedback that I've gotten is that it's applicable to all kinds of couples. You know, gay, straight, whatever it is, young, old. You know, we all go through these kinds of things, and it just describes sort of this couple going through a difficult period. It's a cold mm-hmm. period where yeah. there's distance between them. There's a lot of debris built up, especially after the child rearing years, which is what I talked about. Okay. And so it's it's really about this couple. It's it's a very modern love story, was it is mm. what it is. And um, so you know the bisexuality kind of lends itself into the story where the main character comes out to his wife that he's been you know he's been having these desires. And so the couple actually stays together as a result of that. They don't break up and they start to experiment and explore with each other. Mm-hmm. And then they end up just madly in love with each other. So um, it is really it's a love story, yeah. which is what gets people at the end. Uh, because really, at the end of the day, it's two people who learn to fall in love with each other again. Right, and that's where it's sort of applicable. That, that's where it's kind of universal in the sense that no matter what kind of couple situation you have, that you could enter a cold period with your partner or you could have some secret that you haven't revealed to your partner. And so is that what it is? It's about overcoming something like that, that that anybody any two people can have well it's about really opening up and sharing and being honest about right. you know uh, and i go through the layers of intimacy one of the themes that comes throughout the uh play is talk about the various layers of intimacy the first mm-hmm. one being just to be intimate with yourself yeah so many of us have these kinds of hidden desires maybe um sexual curiosity bisexual curiosity wondering about your sexuality And many of us just keep it in there. We don't. We are too afraid to sort of open up to it mm. and, and explore those kinds of things. And w- is that what ended? Is that what made you guys fall in love again? Is that you achieved a level of greater intimacy by being more honest about? Yeah. Well, this thing? the weird thing is that you know when the main character. Well, you know, I can talk personally that yeah. you know by talking about these things with my wife, mm-hmm. although they weren't necessarily you know, hey, I've been. You know, having sex with guys behind your back. Oh, okay, well, that's shitty. Yeah, but at the same time, you're revealing this very intimate thing about yourself yeah. that, okay, so, you know, now your partner has a decision. Am I, you know, I going to let that sort of be the only thing that I look at or right. am I going to look at the fact, okay, you know what, now he's opening up to me. And, right. Okay, so it's a new beginning. And by opening up, revealing these things to our partners and sharing these intimate things because yeah. these are intimate things, you're creating it. That's what intimacy is. Yeah. Intimacy is going in and talking about things you don't talk about with other mm. people. So just by doing that, like when we did do that between my partner and I in real life, um, you know, despite the fact that it was not the most amazing thing to, to hear, sure. it still brought us closer together and neither huh. one of us really understood it. It's like, how can I feel so much closer to you now? Yeah. Well, because we're talking about, it's like, kind of like you play around with all this surface stuff, surface stuff, surface stuff and all this other stuff is going on. Yeah. Now, what is required of us in order to maintain a relationship is to take that next step down and open up yeah. and talk about the stuff that's going on underneath because that's the real stuff. The day to day, what are you yeah. doing? What time are you going to be home? When are you going to go there? All that scheduling bullshit, you know, yeah. all that noisy stuff is really just distraction from what's going on with us individually. And so if you can get the courage to open up and if you can share it with your partner and if your partner's receptive to it and really wants to, you know, make this thing go, that's what is required. And that's, Hmm. you know, that's where the intimacy comes in. And that's what happens with this couple. So -hmm. instead of kind of running away from the realities of what's going on underneath, they kind of embrace it, they discuss it, and they go into it. Hmm. Amazing. And the results are... 
You know, my wife and I constantly uh, talk about how these the results of everything that we did are totally counterintuitive. Right. It's not what you might have expected at the beginning. It's the actual opposite. <laughs> you know, we tell people, well, you know, we, we've opened up our marriage, and so you know, if we want to, we can we can sleep with other people. You know, that just pushes so many buttons on so many people. Right. Because monogamy is so deeply ingrained within us. Right. That um, you know, the first thing people say is, well. You know, the first thing they think is, well, what if they meet someone else that they're going to like? Even right. Than what you? if they like somebody else Cause more? Because that, that doesn't happen in a monogamous relationship, of course. No, <laughs> right. you know, no one else ever meets someone that they fall in love with no. while they're married or going out with someone else. And, you know, so I usually argue that, and I think it's true, that if your relationship is open, you, it, there, there's not so much of this forbidden fruit feeling going right. on. Right. It's not like, you know, I've been with you for eight years and I really like you, but it would be really nice just once to just, right. you know? And if you can do that, if you're allowed to do that, then suddenly it's not such a big deal. Right. You know, it's like, right. hey, you want it? You can go. You can do it. Yeah, so when it's no longer forbidden, it's kind of no longer a big deal. Exactly. It's like exactly. I could, but exactly. I don't really need to anymore. Yeah. You know, I know I can do that, but I don't really want to. And then you start to really think, okay, you know what? Would I rather be with her or, or right. be with my wife because I could I have both choices you know and, and usually you know what I came to realize is that I've gone through this sifting through process you know I spent years dating meeting people right. meeting girls going out having relationships having them end and eventually after this long process you know when I was 30 I met my wife and then you remember like I rem remembered oh yeah I did this already I went out with the girls and right. I met them and yeah it was fine it was okay but at the end of the day I fell in love with my wife, hmm. and so the counterintuitive thing is, you know what, you can want, if you want it, you can go get it, and you realize, I don't really want it. Hmm. If I don't want, if I can't get it now, it's like, yeah. okay, I'm locked in here, and then, you know, part of the thing that I ta talk about in the show is that marriage is confining, right. you know, and I'm not just talking about being married for a year, two years, three years, think about 40 50 years. Yeah. You know, you laugh. <laughs> you know, I do too. I've been married for 18. But um, well, that kind of long-term thing, do you really think that if you have a little fling with someone, you're going to wipe away 25 years of experience, you have three kids together, you have a whole life? Yeah. Really? Yeah, you know, and many of the couples we know who do experiment with this are some of the most loving, connected couples out there because... They have, you know, they're not afraid of that. Yeah. And they understand that we're in this for the long haul. It's a long, yeah. 30, 50 years. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah, you don't know where you'll be. You, know, you don't know where you'll be. And yeah. to take a little break along the way, it's like having a marathon and saying, I can't stop for a drink of water along the way. You know, right, it's right, like, right. come on. Awesome. Well, well, thanks so much for telling us about the show. Now, you've got uh, one more performance, and that's uh, tomorrow. Is that right? At 6.15? Tomorrow night at 6.15, Studio 16. It's a maximum 10-minute walk from here. You just walk up Granville Street. It's on 7th Avenue. Between Granville and Fur. Yeah, just west of uh, Granville. So go up to Grand, uh, 7th, make a right, and there you are. Okay, and before we uh, let you go, you have a cock poem for us. My cock poem from the show. Big cocks, little cocks, skinny cocks, fat... Old ones, young ones, those without a hat. White cocks, black cocks, eight, nine, and ten. They say they keep coming again and again. Veiny cocks, hairy cocks, some shaved and smooth. They all start with promises they claim they can prove. Big talkers, big shooter, big head, big balls. I use mine in construction to break down walls. I've seen lots of cocks and had plenty of fun. But it all comes down to rule number Boing. one. 
So to all you studs who are fucking machines with your immodest claims about what's in your jeans, whatever you're packing inside of your pants, it better be locked and loaded and ready to dance. Because at the end of the night, when that little cutie's looking to ball, <laughs> buddy, if that cock ain't hard, it ain't worth nothing at all. There you go. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark Cohen from Bye, Hung me. and Fit and Married, uh, which has one more performance uh, Sunday, September 16th at 6.15 p.m. at Studio 16, which is on 7th between Granville and First. So check it out tomorrow night. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a musical interlude. Um, and then when we return, we're going to have more uh, artist interviews and conversations here live from the Fringe with myself and Megan Thomas. Megan? Hello. Hi. Yes. I just wanted to say that I actually did see Mark's show uh, on Monday. And I really, really enjoyed it. He's an excellent storyteller. <laughs> and that's definitely what it is. It's an excellent story. Okay. Let's take a, a quick musical break. And we will be back with Una Usato, who is going to be talking about her show, Recess. And we're even going to meet one of the kids in Recess. Stay tuned.
and welcome back to the live broadcast on CITR 101.9 from the Fringe Festival. One more evening and one more full day of fringiness for you at home. And we are broadcasting from just across the, from the Fringe Bar at the Peter Lehman Wine Stage. And... We're just going to keep moving along because there's so much talent that we want to showcase. And one of those talents is Una Osato, who is visiting us at the Fringe from New York. And she has a show called Recess. Can you give us a a bit of a description of Recess? Sure thing. Um, I'm here from New York City. I'm a teacher from New York. Um, And so Recess is about... Uh, I play all the students and the teacher in the show and it looks at how the world trickles down and affects kids um, and uh, it looks at life from the student's perspective. Um, It's about kids but it's not necessarily a kid show. It's um, a little slice of life from New York. Do you think sometimes that the you know, when you're talking about uh, education and the world and life, maybe the kid's perspective gets a little um, marginalized sometimes? Uh, Definitely. That was one of the things that... um, forced me to start writing this was I was teaching in school and watching how kids were getting yelled at all day long and no one was really wanting to hear their perspective on the world and how they were viewing things and encouraging them to learn more um and so I was really interested in the kids that I knew in my life and talking to them and hearing about how they dealt with everything from thinking about President Obama to grief and how to deal with the loss of friends and who pass on to other worlds. So things we consider adult fair, but I mean, kids have to deal with that all the time as well, right? How do they deal with it? Yeah, exactly. And they have like their own, their own understandings and compassion that we as grown-ups maybe are a little jaded or dismissive of their own perspective. Now, uh, you are a perform- teacher and performer from New York. Mm-hmm. And so what is, what is it like performing at the Fringe in Vancouver? Mm-hmm. Any, uh, any u- big differences or unique special things that uh, you want to give us uh, an insight into? Well, it's my first time here, um, and it's really nice. Uh, it's a gorgeous. I mean, everyone talks about how gorgeous Vancouver is, and it is gorgeous. Um, it reminds me of uh, Cape Town, South Africa, or San Francisco, two of my favorite cities. Um, and so that's been amazing, and the people that I've met have been amazing as well. It's it's really interesting too, though, um, the disparity that exists in Vancouver. That um, when people talk about Vancouver, I don't really people don't really like explain the, how the extreme poverty that also is here and the extreme wealth that is here and so this is a little New Yorkish in that way maybe yeah and San Francisco and Cape Town like all those kind of similar things it reminds me of New York in the 80s some of the parts of uh, Vancouver I've seen that are pretty shocking well those are all cities with uh, really amazing theater scenes so hopefully we get to bring a little art back mm. uh, now I would love to meet mm. one of your students and you were talking a little bit mm. about Henry earlier mm-hmm. yeah uh, I'm going to do a little scene from uh, Recess of Henry and Sharita okay thank you so much okay hey Sharita want to play war uh, we're going to play um, Operation Iraqi Freedom we're going to be soldiers and uh, you you could be a terrorist why do I gotta be a terrorist? I wanna be a soldier. Cause you look like one. No, I'm not a terrorist. I just look like that cause I'm part Dominican. Whatever, Sharita. We'll switch later. For now, everybody spread out. We're gonna get you, terrorist. We're gonna get you, terrorist. Sharita, you gotta run. I am. We're gonna get you, terrorist. We don't forget about 9 11. 
Sharita, we shot you like 50 times. You gotta die. No, I got a bulletproof vest on. Terrorists don't have that. Only we do. Yeah, I got one. And bang, bang. Hey, I shot you and you didn't die. No, 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 no. Terrorists don't have guns. Only we do. You, you just get car bombs. What? You get guns, bombs, and bulletproof vests, and all I get is a stupid car bomb? You get a towel on your head. I don't want to play with you anymore. You're not playing fair. What? You gonna cry? Is that little baby terrorist can you cry? Leave me alone. Why don't you go tell your terrorist mama? Don't talk about my mom. I'm not a terrorist. 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 That's it. We're all going back upstairs. Thank you so much, Una, for joining us. You can check out all of her characters, including all of her performances upcoming at facebook.com slash Una Aya Osato. And uh, she actually will be performing Recess on Thursday the 20th in Seattle at the Washington Hall. Yeah. And so check that out if you are listening in Seattle. <laughs> <Word>. <laughs> Thank you Thanks for having so much. me. Bye. And you are listening to CITR from The Fringe, and we are going to move like lightning right lightning. into... Oh, yeah. That's not... That's, that's a great sound effect, although sure. I don't know no, if it's that was fine. lightning or It's okay, it's, a, it's abstract. abstract. I'm, an, I'm an artist. It's, it's radio art. It's good. We're on the fringes of what sounds are like. Wow. So totally saved it there. Now, we, you have a special guest from I have from a special guest felony. that we are very lucky to have um, brought over to our spot at the Agro Cafe, the Fringe Bar, and that's um, Alan... Morrison. Morrison, thank you. Alan Morrison from the show uh, Felony, which I had a great, uh, the great privilege of seeing a few days ago under the big yellow crane. Um, so thanks for stopping by, first off. Thank you very much. Thanks How do you feel? Uh, this is the twilight time of the Fringe, the last couple of days. Um, are you tired or like still amped? Well, uh, my show is quite an adrenaline rush for myself, uh, okay. so it, it's hard to get too exhausted. But yeah, we've done... 13, no, 12 shows so far. Wow. We still have another three to go. Nice. So we've managed to pack 15 shows in, and they're, they've been selling out every night, and it's been quite a ride. Uh, I've, I really enjoyed uh, the immersive aspect of the show, that you, you really go for a ride. Yeah, that was, well, that was the point. Uh, myself, Patrick Sabongi, and Sage Brocklebank, mm-hmm. uh, we came up with this concept where we, every choice we made with the show was based on how is the audience going to experience this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a very uh, a different way of doing it, I think. Instead mm-hmm. of just creating a story that we're going to present to you instead of acting at you, we're creating a, an environment where everything that happens and everything we do is completely geared to what your experience is like. Wow. And did you know that before the lottery, or was this something that evolved once you got into... The well, we, 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 we're coming through uh, the site-specific program, oh, okay. so it's a, it's a different... It's a separate uh, track. It's a, di- a separate track, that's right. So basically, it was a, uh, there's 10 groups. Uh, we got together on Sundays, starting in April, and sort of workshopped, um, yeah, did some lessons, workshops, and things mm-hmm. like that on creating site-specific theater. So that's theater that it takes into account the, the environment that yeah. it's set in, and is built largely through the environment that yeah. is obviously that it's set in. Um, 
And you, did you know at that, like right off the bat, that this is the kind of experience that you wanted, that you really wanted it to be, for the audience, very immersive? It, it came out of a uh, sort of a, an exercise that we did. Right. Um, I was wondering, like, they, they sent us into the Granville Market, yeah. and they said, okay, find a spot where you uh, can make a show. Mm-hmm. And so I'm walking through the Granville Market, and I'm noticing how anonymous everyone seems. Like, people are right. there, they see you, but they don't really see you. Yeah. Then I started to get the idea, well, wouldn't it be cool if I pickpocketed someone and seeing how that would be like. And so that became the impetus of the show. So yeah. the show is about pickpocketing yeah. and uh, teaching you how to pickpocket. And, right, people know. think that they're coming in to learn. It's almost like a workshop. Yeah, it's absolutely like a workshop. Yeah. Okay. So it started with that. So then we came up with a concept, mm-hmm. and then we, we pushed the concept and pushed it and pushed it and pushed it. And the, mm-hmm. overall, our, our, our goal was to change our audience's view on crime. The name of the show right. is Felony. Yeah. And so we want... We want the audience to have an experience that's going to force them to change their view on crime or to look at crime in a different way and just mm-hmm. to experience it in a different way, yeah? Well, I can definitely say, having uh, when, I, when I saw the show, that I did feel uh, like a criminal. Yeah. And, and, I, and I felt that sensation, the rush yeah. of having done something illicit yeah. Yeah. and sort of getting away with it, you know, yeah. and literally running away. Um, and is that the kind of feedback you've been getting, uh, yeah. that, that people are really yeah. feeling it? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, my friend Amelia, she's doing a show, Smudge, it just finished uh, at the Ocean Concrete. She was talking to one of her friends who had just participated in the show, mm-hmm. and he was buzzing. And he just <laughs> yeah. said, oh my God, I just, the things I've just done are, have given me this incredible adrenaline rush, and I just can't stop shaking. Like, yeah. the adrenaline is coursing through my veins. And that is, it, it, we've met our goal and exceeded it more than we thought was possible. Well, and what I love about it is that, that's, to me, that's the epitome of theater, yeah. right? Is when you, as an audience member, can feel that jolt of yeah. excitement and feel almost like you are a performer or you have lived uh, yeah. the experience that the performers are trying to show you. Yeah, you yeah. feel like you've lived through it. Well, it's, I mean, again, like Sage, Patrick, and myself, we, uh, when we were, were conceiving of it, um, we wanted to do, almost create a social experiment. Right. You know, yes. I mean, it, it's, it's theater, but it's, it's more than that. It's, it's a social experiment to just see how far we can push People. Our audiences. Yeah, and see yeah. what we can get them to do. Well, and have you found sometimes that they get pushed a little too far? Or? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah? Yes. Can, you, can you give me uh, uh, an example of somebody who was really affected by it? Uh, <laughs> well, we... Uh, <laughs> let me just say that we've, on two occasions, had the police called. The police were called? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Last night, the police were called, uh, and then uh, previous night, too, the police were called. So, audience <laughs> members get into it in a way that is uh, frighteningly awesome. Nice, yeah. nice. And I know you, you're trying to, to ex- talk about this in a way that doesn't give away too much. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, yeah, frustratingly cryptic, I'm sure. <laughs> because you do want to keep it, um, you want to keep it in the show. You if want this, people to yeah, I mean, if, this, if we were doing this interview two days from now, yeah. I would spill all the beans and tell you exactly <laughs> how we did everything, exactly. But it's kind of, you know, it's, there's not a magic trick in it, but it's like a magic trick. Right. And there's a lot of fooling people and there's a lot of just getting people's heads and messing with their heads but giving them an experience at the same time like I say again we kept coming back to how's the audience going to feel about this how's the audience going to feel about this because we don't like you know I don't I don't want to act at someone I don't want to like tell them a story and force them to feel the story I mean the way that I my performance goes every night is completely contingent on how the audience is reacting and what's uh, that been like I mean because you do have a di- different audience every time yep. and you do kind of provoke people and, and how they receive that provocation yep. is going to be different every night is that 
been fun? Is it's that been, been a rush? It's been a, yeah, it's been a gas. I do a yeah. lot of improv. I uh, okay. perform at Vancouver so you're Theater Sports. Yeah. yeah, but uh, that's the thing that I love the most about improv yeah. is that it's a. Uh, uh, it's such an interactive experience. The audience is a character. Like, literally, yeah. they are right. a part. And in this show, the show that we have here, it's yeah. scripted. Yeah. Everything's scripted. But uh, there's, there's leeway for improv. To, there's leeway to go off script. And, yes. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming down. Thank and you. tell us again, uh, the last performances, when are they? Uh, the, the last, but we have two shows tonight. We have one at 8 o'clock and one at 9.30. And then we have a show tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Awesome. Yeah. Alan Morrison, thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. All right, I'll take that, and then I'll shake your hand. Yeah, awesome. All right, so you're listening to us live on uh, CITR uh, 101.9 FM, and we are uh, live on the interwebs as well at CITR.ca. I see that uh, Brian Cochran is here. Do we want to, Megan, as the host of the Arts Report, can I ask your uh, assessment of the situation? Do you want to do another interview now? Do you want to take a musical interlude? What do you think? We we are actually, yeah, it is live, so you're going to make these things on the fly. We actually have Val Duncan, who has been waiting patiently, and then we have... Oh, our lovely audience member who's been here for a while. She's been waiting patiently, and then we have Jacques Leon, who's actually um, going to be doing a a song for us, and he has a show tonight, so we have to keep moving along through them, and then hopefully we'll we'll get to speak to Brian later, because I'm very excited about his show, (laughs) and about him as a person. (laughs) He's feigning disgruntlement. uh, yeah, and actually, uh, maybe uh, don't you? Uh, yeah. yeah, so we will. We'll talk to him in a little bit. Uh, okay. But uh, I would love to speak to Val because she has been waiting patiently, and I'm really excited oh, about on this up. one. Because we're gonna learn what turns Val on. Well, we're gonna learn what turns Val on. I'm very excited. Let me give you my mic and uh, headphones. Hello. <laughs> Val Duncan, hello. That's me. Thank you for waiting so patiently. It's live radio. Things happen. People drop in, and uh, it's stalwarts like you that keep us going. Not bothered. (laughs) Pleasure to be here. Now, um, so does this turn you on? Is it's a bit of a cabaret? It's a bit of a a clown show. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of developed into a uh, a series of ten vignettes. So short little scenes. Uh, myself and my co-actor Celine Harder, co-creator, uh, do ten vignettes in the style of clown. So it's sort of a cabaret, sort of a vaudevillian, sort of a clowny thing. Uh, and it's all about kinks and sexual fetishes. And there's the hook for you radio listeners. The clown, of course, probably being a kink for some people. Uh, perhaps. Big red nose, stripes. <laughs> That's not the kind of clown we do, but oh, okay. yeah, we're open to that. Okay, sure. So, what, cl- what kind of clown do you do? Uh, it's it's a little bit more subtle. Um, we we do uh, sort of a like a black lip and a black eyebrow, but it's based more in kind of just playing clown as being uh, characters who kind of exist in a world other than ours, and not so much about the big shoes and red noses and circusy stuff. It still sounds pretty good. It's still lie. awesome. Yeah. Um, now this is a it's a it's a all new work and it actually just premiered at the Calgary International Film Festival. That's right. And you've been a uh, you've been a performer from way back, but you're new to the fringe circuit. Mm-hmm. So you can tell us a little bit about your fringe experience thus far. The Fringe has been great. I mean, the Fringe, of course, is just the perfect venue to try out new stuff and and, uh, workshop new projects, um, which is sort of what we're doing here. And it's a great opportunity to produce your own stuff as well if you're not... um, I mean, we're, we're actors, so we don't do a lot of direction, a lot of writing, so it's a great opportunity to do that and to have the opportunity to mount something brand spanking new. Uh, Vancouver's been fantastic. Uh, I mean, the Vancouver audiences are, are just top-notch. Top-notch. 
Now, uh, Val, as I alluded to earlier, uh, mm-hmm. is there anything in the show that maybe is a little personal for you? Anything that turns you on? Come on, you can't be bashful now. No, Not no, no. a show no. like this. Um, hmm. Let me think. Well, uh, we we open with some uh, some blindfold play, which is a personal favorite of mine to bring to bring you know to my home bedroom. Little blindfolding, little handcuff action. You know, everybody likes to be Rough and dominated tumble. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Nice. <laughs> oh, I love I love an audience. They really add it, don't they? <laughs> and and so okay so so getting tied up awesome yeah uh, now uh, is there it's it's true it's true maybe I revealed a little too much there a little Freudian no, no. we're all on the same page we're all in the same That's boat good. together talking tied about up. our kinks tied up um, so it's a lighthearted look at the sexual fetish in the modern imagination it is playing. Uh, T- tomorrow night at 8.25 That's right. at Venue Studio 1398. That's right. Is there anything you could give us now? A little treat? Well, or is it, it seems like a very physical show. It is. It's not a funny so good thing. for on air. Yeah. Uh, it's a funny thing. Because it's a clown show, there's not a lot of, uh, of language. Uh, but there is a lot of moaning and grunting and, and laughter. So. Okay, give us your best moan right now. <laughs> Hot. I know. So uh, I know. Val, where can people find uh, velour and tea on the internet? Uh, we have a Facebook page. It's a. <laughs> we should change it from from valor and tea to velour and tea. I oh, rather like that. That's okay. No, it's it's one of those happy mistakes. Velour is great. So, um, it feels good. Soft. Yeah. Uh, we have a Facebook page. You can find us on Facebook and you can find us on Twitter. Uh, please do. And if you are around the island. Tomorrow night, 8.25, our closing show, last time ever, for Does This Turn You On? Yeah. So find out the answer to that question tomorrow night, and thank you so much, Val. Thank you. We are going to take a very short musical break, and when we get back, the uh, very exciting Jacques Lalonde will be talking a little bit about the short history of of his life as a bear on CITR 101.9. CJ, take it away. I love bears.
was Jordan Klassen from the Kindness AP Call and Answer. You're listening to CITR 101.9 on your FM dial, CITR.ca online. 101 on your dial, number one in your hearts. 101. And that is the dulcet tone of Jacques Lelange, performer of A Short History of My Life as a Bear and Nancy, a double bill that will be happening tonight at 8.45 and then tomorrow at 4.30 at the Havana Theater. And Jack, you, or Jacques, rather. Well, Jack works, too. Jack, yeah, Jack, Jack's Jack, back. Jack. Um, you describe yourself as a crazy Frenchman. And crazy, you've done... 26 years worth of Fringe, 45 shows. Yeah, 26 years in a row I've done the Vancouver Fringe. I'm pretty sure it's a Guinness Book of World Record sort of thing. So I'm going to try and get in that if I can. I, I've tried. I thought I'd go to 20. And then there were no stories about me doing 20 in a row. So then I went for 25, figuring I'd be on the cover of every newspaper in Vancouver. When that didn't happen, I'm now shooting probably for 50. Sh- shooting for 50. So just a straight shot from... 25 to 50 makes sense to me. And some tequila. Well, you know, actors, attention. That's what they want. Yeah, well, the great thing about the Fringe is you can do whatever you want, right? Like, I see see the marvelous gal from Slut Revolutions over there, and she's kicking out of the park every time. Like, you don't have to... Wow, that's a treat. I know, I'm Um, excited. We've got moaning clowns, revolutionary sluts. It's a heck of a show. Not even the first time a bear's been on already. Apparently. I was a little let down by that double bear action. I know, but you know what? The bear gave a speech, but he he didn't sing. That's good. I call that double barrel. So stick around for that in one minute. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Um, I thought I was going to try to sneak right by it, but uh, but there was definitely some response from the audience, so I'm going to let it go. <laughs> so so this bear is not just yes. it's not uh, just your ordinary bear. Uh, he comes out of hibernation and starts to do some things that you wouldn't normal normally expect from such a creature. Yes, well, first of all, he talks. So the fact that he's a talking bear sort of throws it right into a whole other dimension. Pretty impressive, but he doesn't stop there. No. Because if you've been in a cave for four months, um, you know, with an organic butt plug, you're probably going to have to do some stretching, right? You're going to do a little tie-dye, going to do a little yoga, you know, maybe get the audience to stand up and sing their him and her books. And so it's all kinds of stuff. We've got an all-bear choir because it's a double bill, like we say to people, if you're only going to see one show at the Fringe this year, see two because we're two in one because we're double bill. With uh, Nancy, which is... Uh, what's cool about this is uh, it's a great friend of mine, Kempton Dexter. We've done a ton of great fringes together. We did A Closer Walk with Jean Chrétien years ago. That was a big hit. And uh, we've done George Riga plays, all kinds of stuff. Anyways, so he's written two short stories that are plays. The first one's about an art dealer, an artist, too much hash, too much scotch, a little bit of wine, and some pizza. Too, too, too much scotch? Well... You've got to say something in the press kit. I you can't guess. say just enough scotch. That doesn't a, sound good. Such a weird But it's concept. got Richard Newman and uh, Michael Kopsa, two of Vancouver's finest actors. Chelsea Moore, Roxy Hamilton. It's so much fun. So that's the first part. So you, that's like a little, you know, aperitif. And then the bear comes out. And all the people in the first play become part of the bear choir. So there's an all-bear choir. All-bear choir. I think, yeah, I think we do have one other one of that in Vancouver, the Vancouver Men's Chorus. Yes, Zing. we didn't touch that. We didn't touch that aspect of bears in this. They are amazing, uh, and I just want to do a shout-out to them. Um, so, okay, quick question. Yes. Wrap your mind around this. If you were a bear, yeah. what type of bear would you be? 
Well, I am a grizzly bear in the show, and I think I would probably have to be a grizzly. Grizzlies are so cool. They got that, like, they stand like, that whole thing, right? Like, if you're a panda bear, uh, you know, they don't really do kung fu. If they did kung fu, I would be a a panda because they're so freaking cute. They will not procreate to save their species, though. No, which that tells you right away, right? They're so cute, they don't want to beep, 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 beep. See? You know, the way the show is going so far, that's the first piece of censorship, uh, even though there should have been more, probably. It was self-imposed. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that. Now, um, I was wondering if you would be so kind as to grace us with a song from Your Life as a Bear. I will. This is a song called Bears. Uh, It's a Lyle Lovett song, and uh, unfortunately, Kempton couldn't be here. It sounds better with guitar and banjo and stand-up bass, but apparently our version, according to Anthony F. Ingram, is better than Lyle Lovett's. That's what they say on the record. That's what Jack Jock says. All right. Some folks say there ain't no bears in Arkansas. Some folks say there ain't no bears at all. Some folks say the bears go around eating babies raw. Some folks got a bear across the hall. Some folks say bears go around smelling bad. Some folks say bear is honey sweet. Some folks say this bear's the best I ever had. And some folks got a bear beneath their feet. Hmm, yeah, some folks drive the bears out of the wilderness. Some to see a bear would pay a fee. And me, I just bear up to my bewildered best. And some folks even seen the bear in me. So if you meet a bear, take him out to lunch with you. And even though your friends may stop and stare, just remember there's a bear there in that bunch with you. And they just don't come no better than the bear. No, they just don't come no better than, just don't come no better than, they just don't come no better than the bear. Ooh. That's the bear song. That was amazing. Isn't that cool? It's a great little song, right? And that's not even like the show. That's like the, the set change. <laughs> we, we play that for the set change. Even even the set changes are musical. Uh, this is your for, 45th show? Something like that. Somewhere Something between 45 ridiculous. and 50. Because I sometimes do four a year. Sometimes I do two a year. This year I did the Bear Show and I hosted um, the... Uh, there was an open mic gong show and I hosted the Celluloid Social Club thing. So... It's a little crazy. Um, can you tell us a little tidbit about maybe your first show those years ago? My first show was called Cook. Uh, Stephanie Kirkland directed it. It was a Richard Lett play, Big House Productions. And we did it at the Grunt Gallery, which was like you could seat like 35 people. Like literally there were people like right next to me that could touch me. And it was a comedy about the last person that was hung in Alberta. And... Um, yeah. Of course, yeah, no, that makes total sense. Whoa, total comedy thing. And we didn't realize it was a comedy, because she wasn't directing it as a comedy, but it was written by a stand-up comic, so it made sense. But we didn't realize it was a comedy until we did this thing with angry actors. That was uh, Jay Brazo, Suzanne Ristick, and Catherine Shaw. They were doing Danny in the Deep Blue Sea. We watched them do their show, and then they watched ours, and they started laughing their asses off. And we were like, huh? It's a comedy. So you, so you went with it. I'm glad. It's good probably before, to know that before it premiered. It was probably good to know that it was a comedy before it premiered, but it was probably good that we didn't know it was a comedy all the way along, because then we would have been playing like, hi, I'm about to be hung. Well hung. You know, it would have been really bad. Thank you. 
Think I made the slut laugh twice today. Revolution. Oh, she's easy. <laughs> that's, that's a, I think she's. I think that's on her poster. It's, yeah, sure. it's her main deal. Yeah, yeah for so sure. So eight forty-five tonight yeah. is like that's the one I would catch if I was you because it's coming soon. Exactly. That sounds like that's from her show too. But I'm promoting her show more than mine. That's not right. <laughs> That's the fringe. We all we all support each other. Jacques, thank you so much for joining us and being a bear with us. And uh, yeah, check out check out Jacques uh, to eight forty five, and then yeah. tomorrow at four thirty at the Havana. Yeah, at the Copa Copa Havana, <laughs> the hottest spot, the Jacques. hottest spot east of Britannia. Jacques, Jacques, Jacques please please it, leave the stage. Is it over now? Yes. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> By the way, you're listening to us on CITR 101.9 FM and streaming online at CITR.ca. We are here at the Fringe Fest for, oh, about another 45 minutes. I know. It's um, been, it goes by so fast. It's been crazy fast. And we've talked to some amazing artists uh, of all stripes uh, that are on uh, for the festival. We're going to do Brian? Yeah. No, we're going to talk to Cameron Moore, yes. and then we're going to have Brian Cochran on at 7.15 as originally scheduled. Fantastic. Sometimes things come back. You let them go. And they say, no, we're not going to come. And then if, if you truly are meant to be together, they, they come back and, and Adam tries to get them on air too early. And then I have to be the jerk. That's love. That is love. Aww. That's compromise. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, do we want to do that right now? Or I think, have a musical let's, break? Take, let's take a quick musical break um, uh, so that the hosts can maybe wet their whistles a little bit. And then we will be back with Cameron Moore, who I actually have spoken to briefly for this, this sexy, fringy life. This fringy life. This sexy, fringy life. And she's going to tell us uh, a few secrets. Secrets? Yeah, stay tuned. I, I love secrets. No we'll more be right bears. Back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a ship posting safely through sea.
Baltimore synth cake, I do believe. Uh, they are delicious and synthy. I saw them perform at the uh, at a Discord or CITR show at the Biltmore, and they are a lot of fun, very colorful, uh, and beautiful ladies. Um, Cameron Moore, why are you such a slut? <laughs> It partly helps that I was raised Mormon, and you know, it's nice to have something to push back against. You know, the more you have to push back against, the further out you go. So I, I believe that that has permanently set me on that higher slutty trajectory. Yeah. Now, for, for those who don't know, I'm not just being rude to mm-hmm. Cameron. She is the woman behind Slut Revolution, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a little textual play there. It's revolution. Right. Is it, it revolution or evolution? And my answer is both. Of course. Mm-hmm. And it is the follow-up to your wildly successful phone whore, which you can hear about on this Fringy Life episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are talking this time about your journey from, uh, not from per se, because you still operate, but, yeah. but your development as a performer uh, and talking about your uh, sexual revolution. Right. Um, After phone whore, a lot of people were asking me, well, how did you get to be that sort of person who could talk to strange men about sex for money? And uh, slut revolution was kind of the response to that. You know, it takes a certain mindset to be able to to deal with strange men and their fantasies. And um, it took 42 years to, to get to that place for myself. It was like, yeah, I can, I can pretty much accommodate anything in my sexual imagination. So... And you have uh, another piece of theater that mm. is actually kind of the conclusion to like this unofficial trilogy, right? It's called Power Play. Yes. Power Play is a choose-your-own-adventure storytelling show for adults. Um, audience members get to choose which stories I tell. They're all about sex and the choices that we make during sex. And that kind of came up because... Um, I realized that I wanted the audiences to be a little more involved with the shows that I was doing. I'd done two years of, hey, let's listen to Cameron tell us dirty things about herself. And I wanted them, I wanted you to take some some, um, active involvement in, in how this story and how this relationship between us evolves. And so you have power and you have play. What are those two elements? Um... Well, power is a, is a pretty common element in any sexual encounter. There's always like a juggling back and forth. I personally take, uh, take a lot of enjoyment in, in explicitly, overtly using power in, 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 in terms of uh, kink and BDSM. And, and yet, at the same time, I don't want to take it too seriously. I think a lot of times people get hung up on, on um, you know, uh, the, the power dynamics. And you've got to have a, a sense of humor and lightheartedness around it. Otherwise, it's just... You know, it all goes to protocol and you are my slave and obey me. And it's like, no, you've got to have a little more fun with that. Yeah. And now, could you've been wondering about the fest. You have actually been producing some smut on demand. Yes. Yes. What do you, what do you love about smut? About the version that I do? Or well, about yeah, and, about, and just about the idea of just, like, dirty writing. I, I think... Uh, what I what I enjoy do what I enjoy in producing my stuff and where I think the real enjoyment and powerful power of smut can come from is where it's personal, where it's it's tapping into something directly into the person reading it. Like a lot of mass produced stuff isn't really 
it's just mass produced. So it's it's written more from this imaginary point of view. Whereas the stuff that I do in sidewalks, where I'm out there with a manual typewriter, interviewing people about what they like, and I'm creating something to their tastes. Uh, it's got an immediate hook on them, and it's something they can immediately like take and look at, and they're like that's that's exactly what I want. <laughs> So I enjoy that the smut can be, if it's really personal, that I think it can be some of the best stuff to read ever. So if you're here at the Fringe Fest for the next day or two uh, and you see Cameron, mm. that please request some smut. And I she's actually book. going to share a little bit with us. And, and, and this is your book of, of, of smut here? Yeah, um, I collected the t- what I consider the top 20 pieces that I wrote last year um, on tour because uh, I was doing sidewalk smut across North America. I collected the top 20 pieces, um, photographs of them rather, and put some commentary in there. And uh, you can ask to buy my book. It's 10 bucks. Uh, bang it out. Sidewalk smut for lovers, lushes, and others passersby. Oh, some of my favorite people are I know, lovers right? and lushes. <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, I was gonna read a little bit, and then uh, and then we can talk about the rest of my show around here. Absolutely. Right. Mm. So get ready for a little bit of graphic content. If you weren't already ready for it, I mean, this has just been a dirty couple of hours, and I am so into it. Uh, Cameron, please grace us with your All smut. Right. Put it in. That is all that is running through your mind right now. Fit it there. Put it in. Racing through your body and pushing your hips higher up on his hand until it feels like your pussy could swallow it whole. That was the point of this whole afternoon. You wanted to try it. He swore he could do it. That he was the master of fisting. That he could get any woman there, even you, even you. And you remained skeptical throughout, even while he slid his fingers across your whole dripping wet slit and strummed your clit with an expert tongue. It's not possible, you thought, looking at his hand that seemed enormous against your wrist, your thigh, your impossibly hard nipples. That will never go in. But right now, under the insistent push and gentle pull and deepening wet and three hours of buildup, you feel the spread of your cunt get suddenly wider, not painful, just wide, and you realize that he's in, he's in, so full, so much, and you wonder the hell he's going to get it out, and then fuck it. You'll worry about that when you get there. Ow! Ow! Let's just take a minute. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Goodness gracious. See, the fringe the fringe doesn't censor, which is something we've been talking about quite a bit. And at CITR, we don't censor either. So you have had a very lusty Saturday afternoon, No kidding. Listener. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, so uh, are we going to hear things like, that during Slut Revolution? What kind of stories are we going to hear? Well, um, this you're going to hear this sort of story in Power Play. If you get a chance to go to Nanaimo this coming weekend or Victoria the following weekend, I'll be doing two shows each place of Power Play. So Power Play is more of a erotica spoken word storytelling mashup. Um, Slut Revolution is, is, is stories of formative events in my sexual history. So it's not nearly quite as spoken wordy lyrical. It's, it's just pretty straight up recollections and flashbacks and stories. All right, so if you would like to... Uh, can you just remind us of, of where we're checking that out? Oh, uh, Slut Revolution, the final show for the Vancouver Fringe is 2.30 tomorrow at Performance Works over here in the main drag. Very uh, appropriate yeah. for a Sunday, I think. Mm-hmm. A little bit of blasphemy, a little bit of sexual activity gets you going, yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Cameron, oh, for joining my pleasure. us. Always my pleasure. <laughs> Our pleasure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, thank you so much, Cameron. All right.
So we're going to keep right on rolling with the show, are we not? Rolling, 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 what? And I think now is the time that the Brian Cochran of CITR fame. CITR fame. And and a young director in the Vancouver scene. uh, He's ready now to grace us. Um, So we're going to talk to him. Brian, you are doing uh, Home Free. You're the director of Home Free, which is a show here at at the Fringe. And uh, we're near the end of the whole festival. How how are you feeling? Are you tired or are you just like... I'm okay. I don't have to do the show every time. (laughs) I'm okay. I've been taking it easy. And have you had a chance to see uh, some plays? I've seen some plays. What's the best thing you've seen so far? You know, I've actually liked like everything that I saw. I really liked uh, the bike trip. I really, yep. really liked hip hop Shakespeare live music videos, which I think closed today. Okay. Um, so if you have a time machine, or if you're working on a time machine, I'm working on one. That one really kicked ass. It, it, yeah, I liked it a lot. Really? I, I was laughing the whole time. I really liked uh, Two Blondes with a Passion Do Death in Venice, and uh, my homies uh, who were sharing the Carousel Studios with mm. are doing a show called The Best Man. Yes. And uh, it's a real hot ticket, and yeah. uh, for good reason. So if you are able to see, they have one more show tomorrow. Awesome. Uh, so I'll recommend all those shows. I've seen some other ones, and they were good, too, but I, I won't laundry list you here. All right. Yeah. Um, that sounds great, though. That's a great list. So tell me about uh, Home Free. How many performances uh, do we have left of that one? We have two more left. We have one tonight, tonight? at 10.30 p.m., so you still have time to get down to the Carousel Studio on Granville Island, and then we have one tomorrow at, I believe it's 6.30 or 6.45. You'd think I would know, <laughs> but I'm going to balance the microphone and, Ooh, and my drink skills. in one hand, and I'm going to get the flyer out with the other hand, yeah. and it's tomorrow at 6.45. At 6.45. Yeah. That's the one I would like to check out. Because, you should. Uh, I, I know the play, and I like it a yeah, lot. Yeah, you and do know the play. I actually want to interview you about Home Free, because <laughs> you, Adam Janish, have directed a production of Home Free before. I have directed... So uh, we, have to, we have to have a drink after you notes. see it, and we can just talk about because it's... I, it's a real conversation piece. It's like one of those plays where you see it and then you need about 24 hours, I think, to digest yes. like what the hell just happened. Yes. And then you want to start... Th- I shouldn't pull my microphone away as I gesticulate. Then you want to start talking about it. That's been like sort of the common audience response that I've noticed. And that's really how I've felt about it is through rehearsing. And then we yeah. also did the Victoria Fringe. Yeah. Um, is it, it's... It's not instantly digestible. It's one that people seem to need to sit with, which I think Interesting. speaks to the, to the strength of the playwriting. So for people who don't know, we have a, a couple on stage. It's a two, two-hander, yeah. and um, they are in love. Okay, so, yeah. So the, the, <laughs> how do you, how, I'll let you broach this There's subject. two actors in Home Free, okay. and they're a couple, and they're brother and sister. Okay. And they live as a married couple, and she's pregnant. And then yes. there's also a, a couple of imaginary characters that they yes. share the stage with. Uh, so it's, it's complicated. So uh, a question <laughs> On might Facebook, be... On Facebook, their relationship status would be complicated. <laughs> it's, it's complicated. Thank yeah. God for Facebook to give us these terms. Right? What, what right? did we do before yeah, that? You'd be like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe what this Yikes. is. Oh uh, this was written in 1964. Yes. Um, and it's still like on Victoria, we had a tough time getting, uh, you know how they say like newlyweds and nearly deads. Right. We couldn't find any newlyweds. Uh, but when <laughs> we would fly our people and tell them that, uh, it was an that it was about an couple. incestuous couple, yeah. people would be like, well, I've never, <laughs> I would not be seeing this. I can assure <laughs> it was, you. Yeah. It was kind of like, kind of like that. Hopefully um, the Vancouver audiences are a little so bit it's more like, I creative. Think it's, I think it's a really nuanced relationship and it's it's a very difficult and challenging play to perform um, and Marianne and Jay do such a lovely job with it. Yeah. I think they have a lot of colors going on. 
Um, well, and, and tell me a little bit about the directing, because, for example, you have these imaginary characters. What, what was that like to rehearse with actors and then imaginary actors? Well, <laughs> it was fun. Uh, it was a real trip some days. Yeah. Um, it was like the play itself. It was really up and down yeah. throughout the process, but we tried to just always find a reason for why do they go to the imaginary people. Right. Um, because it's, for me anyway, if you chart through the script, it's not random. And I think in, in the best right. written plays, and even though this is Lanford Wilson's first play, uh, right. published play, and it feels like an early play if you want to be a dick about it and be like, <laughs> well, I mean, it feels like early work. Um, <laughs> it smells like early work. Um, it's, it's, uh, there's always a reason, and it's, it's born out of how they use these imaginary people inside the context of their own relationship. So right. it's, it's like instead of taking so, something on you, I'm going to take yeah. it out on our imaginary child. Right, instead like of that, like, It's that sort know, of thing. So they, right. they'll, they'll get to a point and they have these buttons. And since they're also brother and sister, because nobody can piss you off like family, right. um, they really know how to push each other's buttons. And when they go to the imaginary people, it's often to get out of talking about something, to get out of yeah. addressing an issue. Right. Um, so that's what we're trying to do. And I, yeah, I don't know. I th so I think that was the, the path that we chose to navigate that. But it's also very fun. Yes. Um, and it's pretty darkly funny, this play. And I think sometimes for me, I'm like, I want to laugh, but I don't know if I should yeah, yeah, laugh. Yeah, it's appropriate. Um, but there's some pretty fun stuff with the imaginary people when they watch them like come in and out of the room and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's this amazing sense of play, right? Because they they they're both very childlike, and they both love yes. to use their imaginations yes. and, and play these little they games. They do a lot of little role playing games. Yeah, it has it has a lot of imagination. This play. So I mean, that must have been uh, that must have been a hoot. It was tons of fun, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so part of me wishes we'd gone even more ridiculous with some of that stuff. Okay. So maybe as we continue with this. Piece, because I think we might end up doing it again, actually. We've had some people ask us oh. about potentially doing it somewhere else. Um, Are you revealing something to us here? Is no, never, never, <laughs> never. There might, may or may not be um, an extended uh, run, perhaps? It's possible. Okay. Um, right. Where there's talks, there's a lot of dollar signs being thrown around, <laughs> and you know how Secret, the theater yeah. world is. <laughs> yes, business meetings, with you know, my um, people calling your people, that's Yeah, sort of exactly. Yes. I don't know, I have to go to some meeting in Yale Town later. <laughs> I'm supposed to, yeah, anyway. <laughs> All right. um, yeah, it would be interesting to see to just go even more ridiculous with some of the role-playing stuff, because I think with a play, I mean, obviously, from how we've talked about it with some pretty heavy subject matter, yeah. you want to find the, the light side of it as well. Right. Um, yeah. and, and those moments of role-playing are, like, the, the opportunity to do that, and uh, I love some of the stuff they're doing, and I sometimes am curious, like, what if it was, like more ridiculous which is just terrible yeah, direction because like if I was acting and the director was like more ridiculous more like, ridiculous well, why don't you go shove your fist up your ass that'd be ridiculous um, <laughs> we can get Cameron Moore to yeah now who's, that. now who's Cameron Moore yeah um, but yeah there's uh, there's a lot of potential in a script like this so uh, I can't even remember what the question was man I've, I've okay. just rambled on <laughs> hey we've rambled some really good stuff um, yeah. about the show and people still have a chance to yeah to tonight at 10.30 and tomorrow at 6.45 at the Carousel Studio it's called Home Free it's by Lanford Wilson and uh, there are tickets definitely still available for tonight and probably for tomorrow I would presume cool I yeah. would like to see it tomorrow so, and we have a bar in our venue nice with cheap drinks do you yeah and you can bring them in it's civilized very it's 2012. Civilized. You might still have to listen to Smash Mouth when you go to the grocery <laughs> store. 
which I never thought would be happening in 2012. But you can at least bring a drink in when you come to our production of Home Free. Fantastic. And yeah. on that note, we will leave it there. Wrap it up. Um, thanks, guys. Thanks so much, Brian. Cheers. All right. So we're going to take a quick musical interlude, but uh, we are not finished just yet. We have uh, a little bit more um, fringy content for you before we're done. So uh, stay with us. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM, a live broadcast from the Vancouver Fringe. We'll be back very soon. If I was strong enough, and I would doubt what you believe. But it's not a lonely hour when you're lecturing at me.
And we're back here broadcasting live at the Vancouver International Fringe Festival from the Agro Cafe at the Magical Fringe Bar. And um, we are nearing the end, just as the fringe is nearing its end, uh, our broadcast is nearing its end. And uh, there's a ton of people here who have come down to, uh, to the cafe to hang out. And a big part, yes, uh, and, and to have beverages, as Sarah is gesturing. <laughs> with it's really hand. good for radio. <laughs> it's a to good make gesture. That drinking gesture. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's what's happening. And, um, and Sarah, you, I think you can take some credit for uh, the enjoyment of good times and uh, having beverages out here. I, I can't only add until 9.30 p.m. That's as far as my credit limit goes. Yes, tell us what it has been. Your- Vancouver International Fringe Festival this year is artistic programmer for the Fringe Bar, which sounds like a sweet that job. Sounds phenomenal. Um, it's really it's not hell. that special. <laughs> no, um, is that what you're going to say? So I, I basically was contacted by David Jordan because last year he contacted me and... Uh, I produced some like alternative comedy shows in town. He's like, can we like make some fun stuff happen at the Fringe Bar? So I did my show, say what readings of deliciously rotten writing. We also did Teen Angst last year, and I was like, I don't know, it was storytelling night. They're all storytellers. Maybe we can do tales from the Fringe. And uh, this year, he's like, like that, only more. Yeah, yeah, you know? as David does, <laughs> just just make things happen. Make that better <laughs> and longer. So for for every night of the Fringe, um, there's been some little activity. We've had. Um, like, tonight is hopefully going to be, like, a little haiku competition. Yes, tell us about tonight. Um, so, uh, the lovely Dina Del Bucchia is a local... Um, well, she, she's very funny. She's a funny lady. She is a MFA creative writing grad from UBC, an accomplished writer herself. Um, and a, she's been doing, like, Breaking Bad haikus, sort of, like, summarizing TV shows. And that sounds amazing. <laughs> I know, it's really good. So, Breaking I think she's going to do some tonight. Haikus. Um, and okay. so, I think there's a couple of us that have signed up. We might try and get some more people from the audience to just impromptu haiku and uh, we got some little prizes to give it at the end so just a way of you know engaging the fringe audience because there's a lot of talented people in the audience as well um in and around the fringe festival our volunteers are talented people so the other night we had an open mic night so my Mm -hmm. job was just you know make fun things happen like that so the last couple ones are the haiku thing tonight and tomorrow is uh in boothby and riel han are doing improv channel flipping so we have a video screen and they've got something that they've never seen before which is actual channel flipping and they are going to improvise some dialogue to go with it and it will be very funny we had a great crowd for that last monday when they did episode one. Oh, nice so this will be episode two absolutely that is fantastic and and how do you reflect on because uh, you know the there's venues all over the island and there's a lot of theater, but it's also valuable to have a space like this for everyone to have like a, like a home base, a, a social home base. Um, do you think that's gone well this year? I think so. I think um, we've had certainly some very fun times, some dance parties here. And it's, <laughs> you always need a space for these artists to mingle because, you know, not only can they commiserate yeah. about audience issues or flyering <laughs> God, issues I hated my or audience tonight. weather issues or venue issues. You know, yes. it's a creative community and we're all here to sort of get together and bond. And it's an opportunity or space for audiences to meet performers and see them in a different light. Like some... This one girl, Melanie, um, who did Say Wah the other night, she said someone you know, came to her show, um, which is Hip Hop Shakespeare, which ended today. Right. Um, and they said, oh, I saw you on doing Say Wah, so I decided to go see your show because you were so fun. So it's... Nice. I, I like the idea of giving people another opportunity to be seen. Yeah, and to connect. Yeah. yeah. So like you may have heard the title of their friend show and you're like, I don't know what that's about. And then you right. see them on stage telling a story and you're like, that person's really engaging. I'm, I'm going to go take a chance out. on that. Yeah. That's so. fantastic. And what's uh, what's next for you? What, what's milling about in your creative brain? Oh my god, I'm keeping on, keeping on. Uh, my say what 
Pilot Readings of Deliciously Rotten Writing is happening on Wednesday the 19th, so a couple days from now at okay. the Cottage Bistro. Okay. I have my Dance Dance Party Party classes up and running again. What? what, what? Tell us about this that. This is, oh my goodness. Dance Dance what? Yeah, Dance Dance Party Party. It's okay. uh, mostly well, girls only. No guy has ever showed up, so we've never really had to <laughs> no like, enforce that rule. No man brave enough yeah. to do it. It's a one hour, uh, I call it free form, fun focused fitness, and it was started by a couple of girls in New York City, because they were like, we're tired of going to clubs and having guys creep on us and wearing heels and paying expensive cover charges. We just want to like rent a dance studio and have a dance party. And so they did it. Now there's chapters all over the world. There's wow. some um, in the UK and Australia. And I run the Vancouver chapter every Fantastic. Tuesday night at Mount Pleasant Community Center. So it's just another way to be fun and expressive. That's great. And silly, because that seems to be what I'm all about. Awesome. That is what you're all about. And Woo. we're so glad you, you had us here. Um, I'm so glad you guys are here. Yeah. Lots of fun. Thank you. And we've had a blast. And uh, we do have a little bit more uh, before we're done. But, uh, but thanks, Sarah Bino, for, for stopping by. Thank you. Awesome. So we're broadcasting live from the Agro Cafe as part of the Vancouver International Fringe Festival. And we're on CITR 101.9 FM, as well as on the interwebs at CITR.ca. And listen to the Arts Report every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Which, Megan, you host every week. I do my very darndest. And we have contributors from Arts Report. We have, uh, we have contributors from all sorts of levels. So we talk about visual art. We talk about dance. We talk about performance. We talk about sometimes interdisciplinary. You get a little bit of everything. And speaking of everything, yes. that didn't make sense, what a, that segue at all. No, no, this is a great segue. Want? Trust it. Trust okay, it. Trust Just it. Go, go with it. it. Okay. Go with it. One of the most noted performers at the Vancouver Fringe Someone Festival, who does seemingly everything. Yes, is Jem Rolls. And what we are going to do is after <laughs> bring a... bring in a chair. Bring a chair. He has just, just, just come now. off a performance. He is exhausted. Yeah, he is, he is a little deflated. I, oh, I think my God. he's... Deflated, literally. Deflated, literally. Yeah, deflated is, is definitely the word. Yeah, I need some, basically, I need some air oh. in my lungs. If anyone's got an oxygen tank around here, I would like to sort of stick it in my mouth and reflate myself. But you're feeling I, good. You're yeah, feeling no, I'm feeling just about all right. Yeah, oh, okay. so, uh, but anyway, yeah, the show was great. I sold out, so that's all very nice. And that, is, and that show is 10 starts and an end. Yeah. And how... How many starts can you really get per end? Ten? That's um, well, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind, of, kind of a point. But actually, I came up with that title quite a long time ago before I realized what shape the show was going to have. So it's only got so much relevance to the actual show itself. So some reviewers have seen a postmodern sort of arc. Yeah, you can, you, you, can see, you, can, you can see postmodern arc in anything if you want to. <laughs> yeah, and, and they did. So that's nice. So anyway, so it's not terrible. Yes, but I suppose there are, there are about three or four starts within the piece. And I'm not even sure which piece is actually the end. But of course, the show does finish because I'm now here with no air in my lungs. Yes, well, I mean, it takes a lot of air to do the longest tongue twister in Canadian history. Yeah, yeah it's, but it's only a minute long, yeah? But it's... It's, it's 150 place names in, in um, one minute so it's, really, it's ridiculously fast and um, yes yeah, so that's, um, that's um, yeah that does kind of get rid of a lot of air from the, yeah, from the body it, do you do yeah, a lot I, of... basically I'm suffering from oxygen deprivation as we speak you do a lot of deep breathing um, well, in I preparation actually, I, well I've done about two, you know, I've done towards 3,000 shows and I think I've actually learnt some kind of circular breathing you know like, <laughs> like Tibetan monks do or whatever I think I've my own cold ham fisted version of that I've learnt myself well, wasn't it a, a Kenny G that, that uh, was able to hold a, a 
Continuous okay. note. Well, thank you very much. You're the first person to ever. You're the first person to ever compare me to Kenny G. This conversation's going a bit pear shaped, to be honest, folks. I should give the the mic back. Yeah, no, that's all, Adam. We didn't prepare that. Yeah, okay, right. You own that 100. Yeah, okay. I do not want to assist. He's been looking for a chance for years to slip that in. Yeah. Kenny G. And as I said, you are a, uh, a fringe favorite, I think, just because of your... Uh, persistence. Persistence. <laughs> yeah, I was... Longevity. I was, I was Refusal gonna say, to say die. I was going to say talent and... Oh, okay. uh, oh, right. I was also, yeah. And, like, variety. But, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Not that other stuff. Definitely yeah. persistence. I mean, I, I, I was talking to someone um, who met his wife in lineup for your show. Yeah. Brought now, them they, together. Yeah, they now have had, they've now had a kid. That's nice. Did they name him Jim? Um, I've no idea. I doubt that they did, actually. I haven't seen them since. That's no good. But do you take any credit for the fact that you've created life? Um, well, um, well, I haven't done. But, um, but, but, <laughs> but you're I'm thinking, thinking about it I'm thinking of starting to right now, yes. What a good idea. Jem Rolls, life creator. Hi. <laughs> that to your resume. <laughs> Woo! Right. Now, as well as doing um, your French show, you are uh, sort of the brainchild, the, the conspirator behind uh, a special event that's happening tonight. Oh, right, yes. I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the only person who knows what's going on. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yes. By the way, so, so, I, am, I am the conspirator-in-chief in, in Sunday. Well, no, there's a whole bunch of us. But, yeah, basically, I'm the only one with a plan. And I always think that if I'm the man with the plan, you're in trouble. So you're all in yes. trouble. But, yes, it's, so it's, a, it's about 11 o'clock at the Performance Works, payments by donation. Anyway, it's about 20 fringe performers. Um, Luminaries from a whole number of the, um, Mr. Kinski's cabaret of bullshit. But anyway, there are numerous people in it. Um, Martin Dockery from the Bike Trip and Carol Ann from Burns at the Stake and um, Cameron Moore from Slut Revolution and Vanessa from the Abyss Bar and Jason from Under. But anyway, a whole series of, of really, really classy people. Well, you've got everyone we wanted apart from Peter and Chris who were busy. <laughs> so, so it's basically everyone apart Those from guys. Peter and Chris. Well, yeah. we'll shake our fist at them right now. Here we go. Yeah, they're on a stage. Yeah, I'm good. I've got a good fist for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Did that, I don't know. Cameron I'm, Moore, I'm, I'm still looking for the double entendre in that one. Right, okay. Cameron got a laugh okay, out of yeah. that. And also, two bears, I've, two fists. That's what we've done. And yeah. that's really, I'm really proud of our broadcast, I think, because of right, that. Okay, right. So, um, also, by the way, I have got a play in the fringe. So I've written, I've written a play, and um, by mistake, I'm never writing another one, I can tell you. Yeah, anyway, God, it's just grief. Anyway, so, um, yes, the piece is, um, it's about a Canadian who does extremely well for herself indeed, because she rises higher, faster, and further than any Canadian has ever gone, because she becomes the first Canadian president, president. of the United States, which is not bad going for a trailer park girl from Manitoba. So it's a comedic fast. It's set in the future and it all goes horribly, horribly wrong. And she's on tonight at 9.50 and tomorrow about 5 or something. Excellent. So two more performances of that one. Yeah, Do you know yeah. where is that one? Uh, They're both, that's at the Falls Creek. I'm at the Falls Creek as well. So, yeah. And do you have any more uh, performances? I do, actually. Yes, I'm on at 3.30 tomorrow. So that's my final show. Like I said, I just sold out, which is very Congratulations. nice. Congratulations. You, know, you, know, you spend you a lot of festival battling for an audience, and you finally get one, and they hate you. No, that's not what happened. <laughs> I've done that before at Fringes before. You know, you spend a whole week trying to get a seller, and as soon as you do get a seller, they stare at you in fixed loathing like they've made a terrible mistake with their life. But, of course, never in Vancouver. Only in Calgary. No, yeah. we are, we are I mean, very, Calgary. very yeah, enthusiastic. Why, why did I go to Calgary? I don't know. I went to Calgary twice. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no yeah. explanation for yeah. stupidity on that scale. Yeah, right. Every you go word. to Calgary and say that about Vancouver, yeah. don't you? Come no, on. No, 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 absolutely not. Nope. Have you been to Calgary? Blimey, what a ghastly place. <laughs> Every word I use in Calgary has got one syllable too many. Yeah? <laughs> if not two. Yeah? How so? I use words with four syllables in. They don't understand and them And they don't all. understand. Yeah? 
you know, they can manage Calgary's. It's got three. Anything more than that, that's just totally beyond them. Wow, yeah. poor Calgary. So all those Calgary listeners, yeah. this one's for you. Yes. Okay. Yes. Love from Jim. So we have... Uh, <laughs> Now, Jim, I know you're out of breath. No, I am, actually. Uh, but we now you mention it. Ha- now, uh, there's no way for the listener to prove us wrong, so I'm just going to state that we have brought in an oxygen tank for you. Yeah, okay. And uh, pump you up a little bit. And Could, could we ask you up. to do a little yeah. a little performance for us? <laughs> yeah, I, okay. Um, right. Yeah, I'll do well. Uh, the, the, the great thing is I've just come off stage, so I am very well rehearsed. You're revved. I mean, I'm exceedingly well rehearsed. In fact, you can't get any better rehearsed than I am right now, yeah? Now the air is... So, okay, so, um, so I woke up one morning, yeah? And I saw that the night before, I'd written, The world is young and in love with itself. And that's nice. But then on the next page, I'd written, The world is old and bitter and hating the envious of the young. Because the day before, I got up, got the number eight bus downtown and walked straight in the mall. And the first thing I see is some noisy 10-year-olds. But then I see some 50-year-old couples tooting at the noisy 10-year-olds. And I think, Were you never young? But then I think, Well, hey, it was always this way. Because I grew up in an atmosphere of intense disapproval of the young, of crusty, crotchety, crabby, post-empire British people going, these young people today will never amount to anything. We're doomed. We're doomed. And the hair and the noise and the clothes and the moves might change, but it's still pretty much, these young people today will never amount to anything. We're doomed. We're doomed. Because I bet you, a few million years back when the first proto-human, a hominid, stuck a foot on the jungle floor next to some nice stretching African savannah. I bet you there was a whole bunch of disapproving elders up in the greenery shaking their heads and twiddling their opposable thumbs and going, these young people today are an awful rabble. We're doomed. We're doomed. Because, you know, from ancient Greece, there is a bewailing litany which reads... I see no hope for the future of our people if we are dependent on the frivolous youth of today. Which is another way of saying, these young people today are a ghastly bunch of oiks. We're doomed. We're doomed. Because, you know, from even further back, from ancient Babylon, there is apparently a clay tablet which loosely translates as, these young people today are a shocking gaggle of rotters. We're doomed. We're doomed. And I have to admit, sometimes I look at the young folks and I think, this lot are going to run the world. Hope I die before I get old. But on the other end, people my age are now running the world. And how well are we doing? The forthcoming environmental catastrophe the world is inflicting upon itself and intends to leave us inheritances for all its descendants like a mountain or picnic refuse at a once-famed beauty spot. Because what I reckon... Us old folks do is get there first by blaming the young folks before they have a chance to grow up, get smart and blame us. Which is nice and mature and adult of us, because one thing about this world is loads more old people than there used to be, than there's ever been. And we are the ones with the power. But why should we care what the world ends up like? We ain't going to be here so we can have a nice time in the sun and the greenery of our whoops. How did that happen? The young folks get a lot of time in the shit. That's the wet shit and the dry shit. That'll sort out the disrespectful oiks. So, chew on global warming, shrivel diversity and devastated coastlines. Because we 
could put the consequences of our actions into a time machine and send them off into a future where they ain't going to be our problem. Hard luck, sunshine. Because never before has one generation had so much power to destroy the future. And what are we doing with that power? We are using it. Tough shit, sunshine. So chew on filthy seas and filthy air. That'll sort you out for being so young. So disgustingly, horribly young. So blatantly, sick-makingly, outrageously young. Oscar Wilde said, youth is wasted on the young. Too right. But what he didn't say was, so let's waste their youth. Thank you. (laughs) Gem rules, everybody. Let's hear it. And you said you were out of air. Oh, well, there you are now. Don't you remember about the oxygen tank? Oh, right, we brought in an this? oxygen tank. It's, yes. Oh, my goodness. We brought in a lot of feedback as well. Um, and thank you, Jem, because you have just uh, sort of summed up our evening here. Uh, we're from CITR. I'm Adam, and this is Megan. And we've had a fabulous time, and uh, we're so happy that uh, we now have sort of like a living room of partiers. And I can tell it's only going to uh, get better here at the Agro Cafe. So anybody listening, come on down. Yeah, it's been an amazing evening. We were here for three hours. They went by so fast. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it's over. And we're at the Peter Lehman's Wines stage, and uh, they pay big bucks, so we have to say it as many times as possible. Um, And the nice thing about the Fringe Bar is that... You can get a beer. That is, well, yes, that is the nice thing about a bar. Thank you, Adam. But the nice thing about the Fringe Bar is that I have seen some shows, and then... Afterwards, I got to actually talk to some of the performers because they mingle and they see other shows and they're not just here to perform and leave. It's a whole community. So it's been really lovely to participate in that community this this, uh, fine evening. And it's not over yet. So people can still check out a couple of shows. They can still come down to the Agro Cafe uh, until tomorrow. And then there will be Pick of the Fringe uh, next week. There's the Cabaret of Bullshit uh, coming up tonight. Yes, big woo for that. Bring your flashlights. And, uh, and then tomorrow there will be awards night uh, at 9.30, I believe, to celebrate the, uh, the best of uh, the Fringe. So, so soak it up while you can, because it's late summer, it's, uh, it's a bit cooler in the evenings, and it's your last chance to, to get down and party. So, so do it with some creative folk here at the Fringe. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll slowly uh, sign off. Um, Is there yeah. anything that you are uh, excited to be right. seeing? Oh, the they're offering us some chocolate, which uh, can't, you. you can't see at home, and uh, you can't taste, but you can Thank if you, you come much. down and you uh, taste some Camino chocolate, who's one of the sponsors of the Vancouver Fringe Festival. So on behalf, thank you so much. Thank you for that. Uh, we got some some chocolate for from some folk uh, at uh, at the Agro Bar, and so uh, we simply want to say thank you for joining us. If you've been listening to the radio, uh, and thank you for joining us out here. If you're enjoying a nice beverage and listening to us, thank you. And uh, you're listening to CITR 101.9 FM and online at citr.ca. Uh, that's the UBC radio station. And uh, Megan, any any final words of, of farewell? Yes, I do have some final words of farewell, Adam. Uh, I have words of farewell to uh, CJ, Michael, and Ariel, who are part of our team today. And most importantly, all of the artists who stopped by. We had Mark Cohen, Val Duncan, Jacques Lalonde, Cameron Moore. We had uh, Jim Rolls, Brian Cochran, Una. Uh, Who else did we have? Uh, Sarah Bino. 
Sarah Bino, Debbie Reese spot by. Those guys work at the Fringe. And, of course, Jim, Jim Rolls. Jim Rolls, yes, absolutely. Yeah, Una Asada, as Una I mentioned. Asada, yes. and, and, you know, we had a lot of uh, drop-ins, which is really nice to have a, a, a piece of live event happening. You never know who's going to drop by. And Tom Hill of... Uh, Tom Hill of Pump Trolley. Yes, Pump Trolley. And uh, a lot of those you will be able to see post the Fringe at the Pick of the Fringe, as well as the Olio Festival. And I just want to let you know to check out... The Arts Report, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. You can also check out This Fringy Life, which is our six-episode series. It's This American Life when CITR and The Fringe get their hands on it. And you can check that out at citr.ca and vancouverfringe.com. Thank you to The Fringe and a lovely good evening. To you all, good night.
Welcome to CITR, Vancouver's radio here at UBC, and you can check us out also at CITR.ca. This is Michael here. You've just been listening to two hours and 45 minutes of live broadcasting from down in Granville Island. Uh, We were broadcasting live from the Fringe Festival. There's still a couple of days left to check out all the really cool stuff going on down there. There's festival guides all over the city. Do yourself a favor and support your local theater and arts. We have lots of music here for you for the rest of the evening, so please grab yourself a beverage, stick around. Oh yeah. 
Welcome back to CITR. My name is Mike. Uh, we just had a couple songs here. We were just playing Michael Ralt. Uh, he's, I believe, from Edmonton. I saw him at the Works Festival in Edmonton just a few uh, months ago, doing some performing. And then before that, uh, we had Man Your Horse, which was performing a song called Breakfast for Dinner off of their more, most recent album, Shorts. Please stick around. we got another hour here, here, me in the studio playing some music. We might have a special guest, uh, so stick around. Every Monday and Friday, something extraordinary goes on at CITR. It's the scramble to put together a new show that offers an alternate view of the headlines. News 101 brings you the latest in news from around campus and the world. So if you're tired of the same old take on the world around you, listen to News 101. That's every Monday and Friday at 5 p.m., on CITR.